was listening to Thick in the South, the uh, Winton album. And um, like when I listen to a great hookup of a bassist and a drummer, the impression that I get is a movement, a steady flow of movement, a steady, um, yeah, like a steady stream, as opposed to, although we're hearing the quarter note, which should be like a division of something, but what I'm hearing, especially with you and Elvin together, is a steady, continuous flow. Um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, describes this like uh, like the movement of a, a pool ball. You know, when you play pool, it's totally in movement, but you mm -hmm. actually don't see the movement. It's it's effortless. It's just there right. without interruption. Yeah. You know, like the the, the 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 sensation of the ball rolling forward is a great analogy. You know, I mean, uh, uh, um, I can't really speak. You know, to that album. Uh, uh, Elvin was like, like you know, just such an idol for me, you know, that I was uh, kind of like a deer in the headlights on that recording. So I can't really speak to my what I was, what I was, what I was doing. I can tell you a, a couple stories after that record, but like, uh, uh, um, but like what, what you're saying as far as you know, the the momentum of of the ball rolling forward is is I'm gonna start, I'm gonna steal that man. I'm gonna start using that in my <laughs> in my TV. You know, that, that's that's great. But one thing I, I remember after after we did that recording um, with Winton, uh, uh, whose birthday was uh, uh, two days ago, so mm -hmm. happy birthday! Mm -hmm. uh, when we did that recording, I, I remember uh, uh, we all uh, uh, Delphio Marcellus was was rec was was recording, and I, I I think he was the producer of that record. But we all got a solo track of everything that Elvin. I think he played on two or three songs on that record. Yeah, and we got a solo track of everything that he did, and oh, I just wow. remember listening to just Elvin, you know, just Elvin playing, you know, and it was like so amazing. And I and I, and I noticed like how he. Um, one thing that helped me a, a great deal uh, um, in, in 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 just learning how to, you know, uh, have that four 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 motion and just like swinging, is 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 uh there, there was one song um. It's called Elvine that that, yeah. that 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 Whitten wrote, and he kind of wrote it around Elvin's pulse, you know. And uh, 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 he was he was playing. It's like a slow blues, so he's playing one, two, three, four, one, two, three. And then when when, when we when I soloed the track up, I heard him going one, uh, 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 and it was really audible how he was feeling that third triplet. You know, he's like really feeling that that uh, 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 the thing that, that that gives it the the, the uh, uh, yeah. uh. one, two, three, four. But you know, it's one thing but when you go oh, uh, 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 uh. You know, when you put that little that 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 triplet feeling in it, which you know, Elvin is just like the epitome of triplets, you know, like, 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 uh, which is amazing. So I learned so much from, from, from like hearing that isolation of his playing, yeah. you know, and, and how to, how to play with him. And then, you know, just, 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 just his, you know, that, that, that informed his downbeat. So his downbeat is so solid, but like his downbeat was informed by feeling that shit, 
And it just made me really, really aware of like why that feels so good is because it's not it's not the quarter note that it, the quarter note feels great, but it's all the shit that goes between the quarter note. It's all the yeah. subdivision of how he feels it, you know that 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 made it amazing, you know. So so that was like such an amazing uh, lesson on doing that record. Even though we did a couple tunes, you know, and, and I noticed how. Uh, um, you know, uh, the drummer in, 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 in Winton's band at the time was Jeff Tainwise, you know, and I saw how he analyzed that and how he broke it down and how he broke broke, broke down all the triplet variations of what Elvin was doing. You know, he did, he was in, in, in his process of doing his homework, I saw, because we had all these solo tracks of Elvin just, just playing a 12-bar blues, a solo blues, and then uh, uh, I saw Tain he could construct everything that Elvin did. So he would make it, if it was like, you know, if, if it was like a, a, a cymbal, snare, if the triplet was cymbal, snare, bass drum, he learned how to work that out into every part of the drum set, you know, and, and, and like like how, how, how I would see him do like all of these things and analyze everything that Elvin was doing and the same kind of feeling that Elvin was doing was really uh, 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 an important time. You know, uh, I, I don't know how great, how many people know that record, but you know, like, 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 like you know, it, it was like a really important time for, for me, like in figuring out the subdivisions, the, the stuff between the beats. Yeah. You know, like the beat is the beat, you know, like, like if you look at the metronome, you know, the beat is the beat, you know, click, 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 click. And that's always supposed to be there. But the stuff in between the beat is what makes it feel good and how you subdivide it and how you put all the stuff in between that. You know, that's 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 that was the thing. And that really like 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 uh, in listening to um Elvin's, you know, uh, uh uh just isolated tracks of Elvin, you know, on on those things with, with without, you know, the rest of the band playing. Man, I, I really just under—I I started to understand how to make it feel good. You know, how, how why why does it feel so good when Elvin plays? Why does it feel so good when Elvin plays? You know, <laughs> when I when I listened to those isolated tracks, I, I was like, wow, he's he's, and you know, in, in in addition to him being like a you know just a rhythmic god, you know, like 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 you know what is he doing? You know, and and it's like these little micro movements that he does. You know, in between all the, all these big spaces, it seems like a big space, but he's he's he he feels all the space in between everything that's happening. You know, which is which is a uh, 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 something something that I, I, I you know just a great thing to learn from a master. You know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, okay. So now you have this experience with him, and then you do this album with him, one for namesake. Um, I'm now because now I didn't know that you had the isolated tracks and that this was such a big um, thing for you to th listen to it um, that way and um, to have these realizations. Um, how did this inform the next time you played with him? Was it this record? Uh, was this the next time? <coughs> um, 
Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, and it was like over a space of time, you know, like uh, uh, um, uh, over over a few years, you know, because uh, when I when I did uh, that record, I was living in Los Angeles, and, and uh, uh, this was well after uh, my associate association with him in Winton, which which I was living in New York at the time. And then we, you know, uh, 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 so after that, you know, I, I moved out to LA and, and started doing the Tonight Show with Jay Leno with uh, <clears throat> with Branford. And this was my second second record uh, uh, um, that I that I that I um, did as a leader. And and I knew I wanted to use Elvin. And um, the first thing I wanted to do, I wanted Elvin and Herbie Hancock. That was that Whoa. was my vision for the record. And uh, <clears throat> um, I, you know, I, I I found Herbie's number, and I, and I and actually my wife called him, and she and he was he he picked up the phone, and he was he said, well, I'm working on this other project, whatever whatever he was working on at the time, he couldn't do it, and. Uh, um, you know, there's a few other people that I, that I had had in mind, and and, and then uh, 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 even before Herbie, the very first thing I wanted to do was Hank Jones and Elvin Jones. Whoa, yeah. So that was that was my original vision for that record. Mm. My original, and, and then um, I tried to get in contact. I got in contact with uh, Hank, and he was just really a, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, he's kind of. I kind of could feel that he wasn't that into it, you know. He didn't know who I was, you know. And and uh, but Elvin was into it. He remembered me from like playing on those record, the record that we did with Winston. So he was cool with doing it, and 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 that was great. And and then uh, um, so that was my original vision. And then um, yeah, I, I, I was I tried to make a whole bunch of different things work. And then then eventually, right in front of my face, you know, I was working with Kenny Kirkland every day on the Tonight Show with uh with Bradford and you know, on a Jay Leno show and, 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 and he's so bad, you know, so, and he had played with Elvis, he played with Elvis band. So, mm-hmm. so, so that was like a, a, a logical choice that I was kind of, <coughs> after, after, <coughs> after Hank and Elvin didn't work, you know, I, 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 uh, I went with that, you know, and it was, you know, it was, it was great. And, 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 uh, and he was super cool, man. You know, he's, it was, it was like, like, uh, so easy to play with him and he was, so welcoming and, and, and so, so beautiful. Thank you for checking out this episode. If you enjoy these conversations, please consider joining me on patreon.com slash pabloheld. My Patreon community helps me to pay for the running costs of this podcast and to develop it further into the future. There's two ways to join me there. The interview tier will give you access to lots of behind-the-scenes content. And also you get every episode before everybody else. So that's early access to episodes. The other option is the music lessons tier, which will give you everything from the interviews tier, plus two video lessons on different topics each month. Lead sheets. So whenever I transcribe a new song, you'll get it first. You'll be invited to listening sessions and much more. So these are two options for you to join me there. By doing that, you will be helping me to continue this podcast. So thank you. And let's get back to the episode. How did you uh, see him learning the songs? I mean, what, how did it, 
how did it, what do you think was his process of internalizing the music and and getting it under his fingers he just wanted to hear it you know i mean i had charts and everything for him you know and and uh uh he just wanted to hear it once he heard it he was cool he, he didn't he didn't you know and i and i i put the music on the stand he's like oh, i don't need that, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just played and there was one the only thing that i was worried about is is, is the kind of the title tune from the record, uh, um, One for Namesake. And there's a 4-4 four, four section and a 3-4 section. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of worried about that, but I just made sure I, I had visual eye contact with him and I said, you know, three. Yeah. <laughs> and then back yeah. to four, you know. And I would just I would just signal <laughs> him and he would do it, you know. He, would do it. he was totally cool with that, Great. you know. Right now I'm mixing yeah. up the title, but there's a fast one. Okay. Which one is that? That's called a swing on swallow. Yeah, that seemed also yeah. very intricate, and I was because that's also why I was asking. Like, did you play it for him on the on the bass or at the piano, or did you create a demo in at first? Or no, on that tune, on the uh, after we had recorded for two days. Um, my producer, uh, 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 Kaznori Sugiyama, he, he came up to me, he said, uh, you know, and he was really, he's, he's Japanese, he was like super polite, and he came, you know, he said, we don't have anything that really features Elvin, you know, like, I, I would really like to, you know, feature Elvin and, 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 and on, on one of these tunes, you know, uh, and I didn't have anything, so on the, on the uh, night of the, uh, uh, The, on the, on the we did three days in the studio. So on the on the second day of the studio, I wrote that tune, uh, "Swing mm -hmm. on Swall," and I just I just came up with it, you know, and 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 I knew, uh, uh, you know, I knew I, I I wanted to do something that would feature him. And it's like no other solos on there. It's just mm -hmm. uh, uh, I wish everybody had so I wish we had soloed on that. that mm -hmm. That's that's my one one of my regrets from that record. I wish we had like really hit hit it on on that. But you know, I just I just wrote that tune and then became a drum solo and then yeah. we finished it out. It was like a drum feature, you know. But like I actually wrote that that tune on the on the on the on the second on the night of the second day of the session, you know. And 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 uh, I just brought it in. And I played for I played it for him and Kenny, Kenny, you know, Kenny Kirkland was on it, so he, you know, he played it and, and uh, he 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 got the the gist of, of, of the vibe that I was going for. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like a feature for Elvin, but like I would if that's one thing I would do different on that record. I would I would have had uh Kenny play on it, you know, like yeah. like 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 just a, a hit, you know, like you know, I, I would have done that differently. To me it sounds like a song that could, you know, sometimes there the, there's this tradition of you play the last song of a set and then there's the applause and you play like right into the applause, you play kind of a theme like like Miles used to do, play the theme, you know. Uh, yeah. I could see this song work work in that fashion as well, you know, with this, you know, okay. drum, drum, um, um, you know, the highlight on the drums. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that back because I've, I've that's the only time I've ever played it. I've never played it live, you know, on any of my gigs or anything. So it's a great. I only played it on one time, you know. So so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that one back. <laughs> yeah, cool. What happens if you see a, a song a composition? a chart for the first time you know i like to hear what the melody is and just like 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 to hear the 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 the, the, the 
how everything lands, you know, how, how it rhythmically lands and how it plays out and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I can kind of figure out my, my, my part from that. And then, you know, as far as harmony, you know, I try to, I try to, when I, the first time I look at harmony uh, on, on, a, on somebody's original music, you know, I try to just look through all, you know, when I see the first four bars, what are the common tones in the first four mm -hmm. bars? What, what, what goes through every chord, you know, how, how, you know, and, and, and then I, I see like how it moves, you know, it, it, you know, it's, 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 what, what, what are the intervallic, you know, qualities of how, how, how it moves. And then I try to just, 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 just make sense of it. You know, I try to try to uh, 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 make it feel like, because I mean, harmony is supposed to be like this, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. bass notes are all over the place, you know, mm -hmm. but if it's a, if it's a well-composed, you know, if, if the piece is, a, is if it's a nice piece, you know, like the harmony kind of has this whole thing that it goes through. And it's, and, and, and that's, that's what, the, you know, like, like if you're in harmony with, with a person, you know, you try to find, you know, like, like, like the peaceful place that, that where you can coexist, you know, mm -hmm. so I think the same thing is in music, you know, like, like if you find a peaceful place where it coexists and sometimes, you know, like, like a lot of times in some of Wayne Shorter's music, you know, you'll find like the chords are all over the place, but it has this the harmony is kind of in one place. It can be in, in one place. It can be like in like, like a, you know, a, a, a C pentatonic place. You know, and where all those notes work on all those chords that are going all over the place, and you find like, you know, this 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 place where the harmony is, where harmony, peace, and harmony and, yep. and love, you know, all that shit. You know, that's 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 where it coexists. So so so, you know, I always look for that. I always analyze music and look for like, you know, to me that 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 starts in the common tones, and then from when you see the common tones, you can build like some kind of you know, place where the common tones exist and you know where that is. Even though the roots are doing all these other things, you know, you, yeah. you can find a place in the middle where the harmony is. That's where it's harmonious. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what that means to me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I've never put the, the words, the bo those two meanings of that word together like that. That's beautiful. Yeah. What's the last song that you've learned? Last song. Wow, that's a good. One. Um, uh, I did like a solo solo bass thing on like someone in love. Even though I knew that tune, but learning the melody to that, I was uh, I worked on that. There's something that I learned have learned since since then. Um, But as far as as far as uh, non-original uh, material, you know that 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 might be one of them. And it's it's a song like I knew the song, but like like just learning learning learning. Uh, uh, um, uh, I, I tour also tour with a, a, a wonderful singer Diana Crawl, mm -hmm. and uh, that's one of the songs she does, and it's kind of a. a, a, a Uh, bass and voice features, so so uh, I was I was trying to figure out something to do on that on that song, and uh, she actually recorded it like a, a couple years ago with uh, and, and Christian McBride played on 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 the recording that she did. So um, 
Yeah, I didn't want to play what he played, you know, so even though it's great, you know, but, you know, that's him. Uh, 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 so, yeah, I figured out, like, like, like a, a, a thing with, with that melody that worked. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that I've learned since then. Um, I'm actually interested in Like Someone in Love. Uh, um, when you, when you learn, when you go back to a song that you know from way back and then you kind of want to strengthen your understanding of the song. Um, do you go back to other recordings or um, how, or just do you work from your memory and, or how, how does it work for you? I just work from the, from the, uh, um, I try to find the, uh, the oldest, oldest chart that I can find, mm -hmm. you know, something not from the real book, like, like something from the old, the old fake books, you know, and yeah. I, I try to, find that and then like like see what the real original intent is, is you know because i think like like sometimes in in these fake books and and different things we ha we 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 start dealing with other people's intent yeah not the composer's intent you know we we start you know we, we start dealing with uh uh um i can't think of the word that i don't want to use but uh uh, uh um, Yeah, someone might have learned it from a Bill Evans recording, or uh, right. you know, exactly. you know, like a reharmonization of something else. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it gets reharmed, reharmed, and reharmed, and eventually it's harmed. <laughs> so, uh, 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 yeah, you know, and we start dealing with all these pre-existing reharmonizations that that people have done. You know, so so uh, I like to try to really, uh, 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 you know, get a, get an original thought based on, you know, composer's original thought, you know, and, and, and do my original thought. So, so, uh, yeah. uh, and, 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 and also, you know, in that process, that's what I do because I have, I've played that song and, and, and I have experience playing that song, but with, with students, you know, what you said, I, I would listen to every recording that I could find of the, of that, you know, of yeah. that song. And, and really, really try to investigate everything that everybody has ever done on that song. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. With that song, I love that song and love playing it. I often kind of uh, get um, sucked into Con Alma when I play it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because of the descending yeah. bass thing, and it kind right. of for right. just a little while, it's the same thing. Um. Yeah, it has a it has a little thing. So I I, I, can't, I don't know if I can play it like really well right now, but uh, um, is it okay if I play? Uh, please go ahead. Yeah, you can play as long <laughs> as you want. <laughs> Uh... 
I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Like, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> You can edit all of that, all the wrong notes out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Um, And I can hear when you do it, how much emphasis you have on the melody, like the melody, I feel like together, of course, with the harmony, but to me, it feels like the melody is pulling you through the whole thing. Right. right. Yeah, if I could remember it, it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, but that's, that's 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 one of those things that you know, like, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, even though we, you know, like, I still have never uh, uh, done that with Diana Carl. We we have never performed that, but like, 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 I know, uh, um, uh, I know for me, like, I don't want to play, you know, the same intro that somebody else did. You know, I want to have my own thing on it. You know. And that kind of, that's, that's one of those things that like, like, uh, um, in, 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 inspires me, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't want to ever, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I can never sound like any of the great masters. I can never do that, you know? And I, and I just feel like, like if, if I, if I try to sound like them, they would say, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you trying to, <laughs> why, are you, why are you trying to do that? You know? You know, because I, I know, like, you know, I, I have, like, 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 something else special to say, you know, and I think, like, it, it, I think the more people that think that way, just in life, in general life, you know, like, uh, um, not even having to do with music, you know, if, if you can just feel like you have something to say and, and, and feel like you're, you know, what you're saying is so unique and so special and that you have confidence and, you know, To, to do that, you know, and I think like so many people rip the carpet off, off, of, off of people that have original thought mm -hmm. and, and, and have a, 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 like, yeah, you know, like, like, like just having your own uh, individual thought, you know, and I think, uh, um, you know, we see it in politics, to, you know, uh, today, you know, uh, uh, senators and congressmen that, that congressmen that have their own original thought. 
they are are, are shunned. You know, mm-hmm. they they are. You know, they're not accepted. They're they're not applauded. You know, so so I think this whole notion of of, of being an individual and and uh, um, you, you know, having a having a thought. You know, people people are scared of that. You know, because yeah. they don't want to be shunned. You know, they don't want to be like 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 cast out. You know, they want to they want to they want to fit in. You know, like like. In music, that's something that often happens. It's like I'm sure you've um, experienced this uh, quite a bit. You know, you're you have so many great associations with so many great musicians. You know, out of your uh, all your friends. You know, I'm sure if you play with uh, maybe not as experienced drummer, then they're going to have you with Jeff Tain ingrained in their ears, and it takes courage to. Um, Acknowledge that maybe yeah that that was a great pairing of you know, and still is if you guys play together, but we have to kind of, yeah we have to be ourselves. But it's it's hard for somebody new to step in and have that courage. I think. It is. It is. I mean, I, I think uh, um, you mentioned you know like like the the the, the time that I played with Elvin. And, and 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 Elvin playing on my record, man. You know, I, I just I wish I could completely just overdub everything that I played on that record because I was just so submissive and so subservient to him. You know, in my mind, you know, you know, even though they were my my, you know, all my own. We didn't do any standards, so it's all my own original compositions. But like, I was I was, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, you should always be respectful to the elders, but after a while, you can have your own opinion, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I think, like, uh, when I listen to that record, I, I think um, the compositions, you know, maybe maybe pervade my, my 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 opinion, but but I didn't in my playing, you know. So so that record is kind of hard for me to you know listen to because I, I wasn't uh, I was I was kind of like being subservient, you know. I wasn't. I don't know how well you have this record in your mind. It doesn't sound like me. <laughs> What you've just described doesn't sound like me. It does, doesn't sound to me like that. But there's especially one moment on the first, uh, oh, is it? Is that the first song? Incognito. Uh, there's one moment in your solo where you kind of repeat a rhythmic thing with different, you kind of play, it's almost like the melody. It's like, uh, you play like, And to me, it sounded like you're, you're you're taking Elvin, and he's kind of following you and playing what what goes together with that. It it seems so strong to me, and that's one of my favorite moments from that album. Well, that's, and that's, it's, that's, like, it's like the opposite of what you just described. That's how it feels to me, you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, like like you know, retrospect is everything, you know, and and I think. Uh, uh, Yeah, I, 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 you know, some sometimes you know, I, I, I was, even though Elvin is the master on this on 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 my record, I, I, I knew the music the best, you know, so it was my music, and I didn't play it like that in my when I hear it back, you know, so. And maybe I shouldn't even. Maybe I should just shut up because because maybe nobody <laughs> else heard that. You know, maybe I'm the only one that felt that. You know, like, you know, that's the way I felt. You know, that's the way I felt. And 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 um, you know, after that point, we played together. Uh, you know, a couple times. And, and, you know, a few times. And and, and 
you know, I felt I felt really cool and and I remember, you know, the last the last time I saw Elvin, it was it was uh, 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 in uh, uh, Marseille, in, 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 you know, in France, and I was I remember I was I was uh, coming off the elevator and I was going to the pool. I had my swimming shorts on. I was I was I was I was going swimming and and, and uh, I saw Elvin and his wife. He said, "Bob, man, come on, man, come have dinner with us," you know. And I was. I, I had, you know, I had eaten already, and I was just going swimming, you know. And I didn't, you know. I, I kind of regret that because mm. I saw he, he was playing a concert that night. I saw him at the concert that night, and that was the last time I saw him, you know. Wow. And I remember, uh, he was so cool, you know, and he like really, you know, always showed me love, you know, um, you know, f- for for that for that experience and like like the times that we you know played after that and and. Uh, uh, and then I also remember that he wanted a thousand dollars a tune to play on my record, and I gave it to him. Whoa. So I gave him twelve thousand dollars. Let's see how, how many songs are this? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Maybe there's one that wasn't released because it's eleven songs on here. Okay. Maybe maybe so. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. That's what it was. It's a nice rate. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like he was, he was, but even though that was his rate, he he didn't. Um, he kind of remembered us when I asked him to do the record. He uh, remembered us playing together, you know, on Went Winton's record, uh, "Thick in the South," you know. Uh, and then um, uh, he was like, "I don't, I don't know." And I, I said, "Well, man, I'll, I'll send you a, a copy of my first record, of Robert Hurst Presents," you know, Robert Hurst, and and. Uh, uh, and he got that record, and you know when he got that record, he was like, "Cool, man, let's let's go, let's go," you know. Yeah. And uh, and at the, it was still like kind of in the beginning phases uh, uh, when I was still was trying to get Hank to do it. I, I still wanted Hank and Owen Jones, and I mean that's like an all Detroit, you know, situation. Yeah. And, and uh, they're from Pontiac, Michigan, but which is like right outside Detroit, you know. And I just really, I really wanted that, you know. Uh, in the past weeks, I've been listening a lot to the uh, to the Elvin record, his first album with um, mm. with Seth Jones and and Hank Jones together, and I think isn't it Art Davis or I think it's Art Davis. I'm not sure. And it's like a sextet. It's like like yeah. Some there's some other. flute. Um, I can't remember the flute right now. Is it Frank Foster or is it? A, it might be Frank Foster. Yes. Yeah. And they play four four and six. Yeah. And yeah, it's so great to hear them. And that, yeah, four and six is one of the songs where they play in trio together. Um, it's just a trio. But Alvin told me a funny story about that record. You know, uh, uh, when he was doing that record, uh, he just showed up to the record date. He didn't have any music or anything. <laughs> so that's why there's like a, there's like a few Thad Jones tunes on there, and, and like you know, like there, there's no Elvin Jones tunes on, no. on that whole. And he just came. He just came, showed up to the record date. He he didn't have any music, and he, he was like, "Oh, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to have music." <laughs> <laughs> but you know what a blessing to have you know Thad and Hank Jones as your brothers, oh, yeah. you know, filling the blanks, you know. So, and it's such a great. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about that record. But it's such a great uh, uh, record. You would think they had been rehearsing, you know, like yeah. like like. But Elvin, he came to the day. He didn't have any music, man. And this, yeah. that's, that's so cool. 
did Elvin give you any kind of advice during the times you were with him? Uh, not me specifically, but I, I do remember one, one um, other time. Uh, this wasn't during the record. This was after, after, after the record. And, um, and it was when I, you know, I was, I was uh, uh, during that time, I was, I was playing on the uh, Tonight Show with, with Jay Leno. And uh, um, I remember um, we were, uh, we had, uh, it was a Saturday and we had like a week off, like a week hiatus. So we had, uh, uh, you know, we worked all the time on that show. So, but we had five, five one week hiatuses, you know, throughout the year, you know. So this is one of those hiatuses. And I was like, I had been, you know, working, you know, like crazy, you know. So I was ready to go on vacation. I had, you know, vacation plans for my family and everything. And, and um, I got a call from uh, um, Richard Reed, the great bass player, uh, Damian Reed's uh, father and, and, and great bass player. And uh, uh, and he called me and he said, he said man, I, I have this uh, uh, clinic and it was with Elvin Jones at the, um, at the uh, uh, musicians union, you know, can you do it for me? And I was like, man, I'm, I'm just about to leave with my family going out of town, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, um, uh, Billy Higgins called me and, and uh, he's, he, he was on the same gig with Richard Reed. And he was like, hey man, we, we, we double booked ourselves on this gig, you know, with, you know, and, and, and can you do this thing with Elvin? I was like, I was, you know, I had these, you know, resume, I was trying to, so finally, like, like after, 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 after Billy hit, after Billy called, you know, I, I, I kind of told him, I said, let me think about it, you know, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then I called him back. I said, okay, I'll do it. And so, so, uh, um, so I ended up, I ended up doing it. And I went down, it was at the Musicians Union in LA. Uh, um, and uh, it's right across from uh, this, this music store, Stein on Vine, which is, which is where all the bass players, they have a whole bunch of great basses. And it's right, that's right next to the drum, the, I don't know the, the the drum store that's right next to it. It's right across from the from the musician, musicians union in in, uh, in L.A. So I went down there and, and, and you know I, I saw Elvin. We did like a, I thought there was going to be like a piano player or like other musicians, but it was just me and Elvin. Mm. So we did we did his clinic, and I remember this kid stood up and said uh, 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 he was like a young kid, like 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 in just starting high school. He said, "How can I?" Um, you know, Mr. Jones, I really want to be individualistic. I want to find my own voice. I really want to, you know, like, 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 like find what I'm trying to do, you know, like, uh, and I remember Elvis said, well, you already an individual. You just need to learn how to play the drums. <laughs> I just remember, and the, everybody, everybody in the whole, it was like all drummers in the, in the yeah. thing. Everybody was like cracked up, you know, mm -hmm. and I remember like, 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 to be yourself is is the is the most important thing, you know. And then you, if you just figure out how to play the, your instrument, it's going to happen. Hmm. And I think I think up until that point, I was like, I was just like that kid. I was like stressing and thinking about, you know, how can I be? How can I be this individual artist? How can I? How can I like like like, you know? Do, but all you got to do is just you know be yourself. You know, live a, be a good person. Live a, live a good life. And then learn how to play the bass, you mm. know, and all that shit will happen. You know, all that shit will happen naturally. And uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, uh, that's that's a lesson that I learned. I made that 
story way too long, but like that's a lesson that I, I, I learned from 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 Elvin, man. you know, just just you know, and and I've I, I've heard him talk about like how um, you know people didn't really understand what he was doing, you know, like with, with triplets and like how he was phrasing different things and and, and over the kit and like you know un, people didn't understand that, but he stuck with he stuck with his program. I mean, when you hear him in 1958, like, you know, in the 59 with, like, with, with uh, Sonny Rollins at the Village Vanguard, you know, like, you hear, he, he he doesn't have everything, you know, worked out, but, like, you hear, like, exactly where he's going. Yeah. And then, you know, like, five years later, you hear he has everything works out. He, he like, stuck to his guns, and he heard what he heard, and... and, and, and you know, that, that gives me, you know, because sometimes, like, like you know, when I'm playing, like, I, some, I, maybe everybody doesn't understand what I'm doing. You know, maybe they don't, um, uh, or maybe it sucks. So there's there's two, you know, maybe they, they don't understand, or maybe it's a bad idea, you know. So or both. You have to, <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, like he stuck to his gun. So I, I'm sure people say, man, why are you playing all that weird shit, man? Why are you playing all that crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. But, like, he stuck to it. And he's like, y'all, y'all have to catch up with me. You know, I, 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 I did that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, now you mentioned Billy Higgins. I, I think I never came across both of your names together. Did you guys play together somewhere? We did. We never recorded together, but, uh, uh wow. Yeah. A few, yeah, just a few isolated things. I remember, um, Uh, one day with, Eric, with a great pianist Eric Eric Reed, uh, uh, we played uh, 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 two gigs uh, on the same day. Uh, it was uh, in L.A. and it was uh, like this this big gathering at in, in L.A. Uh, it's called the African Marketplace, and it's and it's like you know just just a celebration of African culture and stuff. And we so we played there with Eric Reed, and then that night we played at at this club at the Bellage Hotel. Um, Uh, which was a nice little jazz club for a while in, in, in the '90s in, in, in LA. Yeah, we did like like two sets that night, and 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 yeah, that was that was a great a great time. And, and, and uh, yeah, we just had a few a few 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 great great encounters together. And uh, you know, he always called me Baby Ray because he thought I looked like Ray Brown. So, so he, <laughs> he, he, he said, "Hey, Baby Ray, how you doing?" <laughs> was his greeting to me so, so yeah sweet it must have felt felt incredible to play with him right oh my god this i mean this beat how does it feel i mean there's so so much magic in there there's so much magic and it's so easy it's so easy it's it's like um i think i think at the time i was probably overthinking it and trying to do too much but all you got to do is just just glide on that just glad on that cloud that he provides and it, that's all you got to do he makes it so easy he makes it just easy all those great drummers elvin elvin's the same way you know, they make it so all you got to do is just play with them you know if you just like glide with them you don't have to work for that you know i, th I think people overcomplicate that and think that they have to do a lot man shoot all you got to <laughs> That's the easiest work you will ever have, you know, like, like, like this playing with sad drummers, that's work, you know, yeah. so, but, you know, playing with them, man, that is just nothing but just, 
a magic carpet, you know. It's, yeah. It's uh, I remember from the liner notes of your uh, Robert Hurst Presents album from uh, Ron Carter, he talks about this benchmark for all bassists, like, can they, uh, you know, can they walk a slow blues in a satisfying way? Uh, that was his whole comment about the, uh, what is it, blue freeze, deep freeze, uh, something. Blue yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about what your what your thoughts are on this, you know. Slow tempos and blues, the blues. Yeah, I think that's just like a, a, a benchmark of what everyone is is supposed to do. That's just like, you know, that's, you're supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that, 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 that take the time to, to, to understand and learn how to do that, you know, those are the people that work, you know. Mm. And the people that, that don't understand you know, that the importance of that, then, uh, I, I mean, uh, this is one thing I tell my, you know, I used to tell my students all the time, I don't really say it anymore, but like, you know, I say, you can choose to do this, you can choose to work on this, or you cannot. But if you don't, then that's just more gigs for me. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, like, like that's, 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 you know, you can, If you want to work, you can do this, but like, yeah. like, hey, that's, that's more gigs for the person that's 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 willing to work on it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, and that's uh, just economics. That's very simple, and it's 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 it's, it's no. Uh, it makes uh, sense. Yeah. I read um, Ron, Car Ron Ron Carter was t talking about um, the importance of the um, the dominant, the last dominant of the blues being an augmented one, you know, to have the last, if it's an F, have it like a C augmented to help emphasize that there's a, it, it comes down to voice leading, I guess, from the, you know, from right. the G sharp going back to the A or something. Right. Um, but before that, I didn't really think about that. Of course, when I then played it and tried it out, it's like, oh, this is what I've been hearing, you know, the, um, this is what I heard on the records or on Of course, also a lot of older records, like um, I think Louis Armstrong plays that a, a lot, you know, the, the augmented chord as the last chord of the blues. Yeah, a lot. there's a lot of specific stuff, you know, like, like um, I mean, Ron might do anything, but like he, that's a choice. And I, you know, I heard him say this, a similar thing, like, like about using the, um, like if, if, if you're uh, on a blues, To, to, to how how to how to initiate you know like like the dominant seven so if you if you're in the key you know key of f you know he will like only use that e flat kind of in the fourth bar yeah. to facilitate movement to the to the to the four chord or, or or whatever that is you know and i know he use he does it you know but he knows all of those rules and and, and like um yeah yeah you know i think uh Yeah, Ron is, is, is such a genius, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, uh, cause he could do all the, he could do stuff the regular way and still sound great. Mm -hmm. And then he could do a whole nother way that, that is just like, you know, what is he doing? You know, 
and he's a kind of one of my heroes as, as far as uh, um, uh, I'm looking at my thing. I think my yeah, you know, it's just, just yeah, just with Ron, man. It's, 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 he knows all of those, all of the voice leading rules, all of the all of the uh, you know the figure base and all you know all of that stuff. Uh, uh, you know all the bot corrals and like how all of that stuff moves and I, and I think um, you know he he uses all of that information on such a high level that that uh, you know I think I think that's one thing that I've learned from him is is that like when you put some of this traditional you know super traditional stuff in 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 a uh, another context it can sound you know a whole other way you know it can it can, it can, it can, it can because it, you know, it can sound like you're doing like something completely new when you're doing something completely old. You know? Is there a way that you could demonstrate this or uh, show some show this concept a little bit? Uh, so we go. Uh, so if we're on F blues. Yeah. You yeah. know, so he, he would use that that uh, that dominant seventh to facilitate motion to the next uh, uh, chord, you know. So I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to the B flat chord, you know, and he's using that uh, uh, E flat to, to get get to that certain place, you know. And, and, and this is just one thing like like I, 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 I uh, uh, maybe heard in an interview, you know. So I don't want to e even try to capsule, you know, capsulize anything that Ron you know, does, but like, I think, um, one thing that I've noticed in just in his playing in my, my, uh, uh, um, analysis of his playing is the notion of, uh, um, it's what I call in my teaching, uh, uh, transition bars and transition beats. Mm. So a transition bar, if we go, uh, uh, we play the F blues. transition bar where you're transitioning from the F tonality to the four chord you know yeah or, or the, the the one chord to the four chord you know so uh, the, so the fourth fourth bar of the blues it can be in the first bar of the blues because you can you can go uh, you know mm -hmm. you get to the B flat there in the second bar but if you're if you're going to be four bars of F Transition bar. Yeah. So yeah. so so that 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 fourth bar is a transition transition bar, and then the fourth beat of that transition bar is a transition beat. So mm -hmm. on, in that transition beat, I want to be on a note that is going to lead to the next chord, either by a half step below, half a whole step below, half half a whole step above where you're going you know so if you're going to the root you know you want to uh you know and then and up there you know so uh uh so that i did that in the transition bar i led, led up to that and then in the transition beat on beat four of of, of bar four of that form i played a c to that you know 
Uh, mm. But I could also go. Uh, yeah. So I could lead into it to by. The I could I could go into the third, you know, by a, a half step or a whole step above or below. So yeah, just in that voice leading, that's very traditional voice leading. So so whatever you're doing in the, in that uh, uh, transition bar, uh, it should lead to the next thing that you're doing. Yeah. You know, so because yeah. you never just want to. Uh, uh, jump to the root you know you yep. you know yep. i went from a you know so you want to make sure that you have a logical progression you know to 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 the whatever the next chord is so you know one thing i tell my students is 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 uh you want to be like a tour guide so you know you, you want to mm. be like oh here's here's f7 come on follow me yeah okay yeah. And, then, and then we're gonna if you look over to the left we'll have a, a b flat seven chord okay and if you come if you follow me back to the to the f chord you know you want to be like a cordial like 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 you know like like tour guide you know you want to show everybody what you're doing in a really really cool and, 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 and you know slick way you mm. know so that's 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 the way i think of it and i think like ryan always you know paul chambers is another one they always played really close attention to those transition bars and those transition beats from beat four to beat one to make sure that is, uh, you know, there's, you don't have to follow these rules, but like, like either, uh, 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 beat four of the transition bar should be either a half step or whole step above or below where you're going or like a five, one relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if, if you follow those, you know, you don't have to follow the rules, but you can't, if you follow those rules, you will be always be right. <laughs> yeah. But my question was like, uh, and that's something that I, I'm very curious about is like you and Jeff Tain Watts together kind of created a, a unique shared uh, vocabulary, uh, rhythmical and, and, you know, structure. Uh, vocabulary and 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 kind of a way to to play that to me seems to be based off of those or based on those um, as you said you know very traditional concepts having them understood so deeply that you can then um, take the things that you've learned there and apply them on uh you know i f i hear you play in in odd meters i hear you play in uh odd uh bar lengths you know all of a sudden we we're talking about you know it's not always four four or four bars or eight bars or 12 bars but you know you have a five bar thing or you have you know by but by applying those things that you've learned from the the previous generations and understanding these concepts you can concepts you, you then can apply them to go and search uh, for the things that your generation was about and is about, you know, what your generation wants to do. Well, well, thank you. And uh, I, I give all, 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 you know, all praises to my man, Jeff Watts. That's, 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 uh, um, you know, I, 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 I've been telling everybody my secret, you know, going forward is like, I try to just sound like him on the bass. You know, mm. if I can sound like that on the bass, then that's my original thought. But like, I, I'm just like, like I, I use a lot of his material <laughs> 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 you know, what I do. 
And I think like 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 uh, what what you're saying, uh, what 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 one of the things that we kind of worked on is 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 a similar thing with with uh, the, the the transition bars and, and and like dealing with harmony, but. Uh, um, it's asymmetrical, you know, like, like sometimes if you're playing like five against like, like a certain thing, I still do the same things that I do in four four. I, I still, I, I realize even, even if I'm like, 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 like playing, you know, like overlapping five, four bar, I know when I get in the, I'm still acknowledging the, the, the form of yeah. that's in four four. So if, you know, for instance, if you're playing like a, f- a five, four pattern, over a, a, a blues, a 12 bar blues or four, four, you know, it has this certain, you know, pattern that it, that it does, but in the, 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 the uh, uh, transition bars and transition beef are still apply. Yeah. You know, none of that stuff goes away. All of that, you know, all of it those even rules. becomes more important in a way. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. And I and I, I noticed in his patterns that he's playing, he can be playing over the pattern, but he will acknowledge where the harmony is. Mm. You know, that's 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 one one thing that I that uh, you know, you know, I have I have a few drummers that study with me. You know, like like uh, um, you know here at U of M, and, and, and like that's one thing I, I, I say you have to acknowledge the harmony. You know, I, I think like like um, if you if you're playing like um, a tune like Giant Steps. You know, you know, there's there's a feeling, you know, you're you're still playing through through like like you're still swinging through, but where there's two chords in the bar and where there's one chord in the bar, it's a difference. Yeah. You know, like you know, and, and like the good drummers know how to acknowledge that. Mm. You know, and it's in a subtle way. I don't. I I can't. I couldn't tell anybody exactly how to do that, but I know. Like, like when we get to the second inning and it's like the second inning going back to the top of the tune, good drummers know how to say it's the second inning. I mean, the, I'm, excuse me, the first inning going back to the top of the tune. And then when it's the second inning going to the bridge, they do a little something different that lets you know it's going to the bridge. So like, like all of those, all of those things, the good drummers know how to play like, like those, 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 uh, uh, um, uh, Patterns that you know they they know how to be the tour guide. They know yeah. how to be like like okay, we're going to the bridge now. You know we're doing this. We're doing this. And it, it, you know even if you're playing like like a like like in five five four against you know like 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 a, a hemiolo or against or something against the, uh, the the main pulse of the of the piece. You know you still have to illustrate the harmony. You know you don't you, you're just not doing that. At least I know when I play with Tan, I can still feel like we we know. When we're together doing that, doing that stuff. So, so, and then, you know, and usually, you know, I'm the one that gets lost. So, like, I know when I'm lost. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> he will. He, he, he knows. And 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 I think like uh, it's that whole thing of like like singing singing the song as as you as you as you as you're doing all of that stuff. You know. Mm. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think uh, 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 along with being like a harmonic language as far as like like when things resolve and release there's also a a, a rhythmic language you know of, of that you know so if you go dun, 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 you know mm-hmm. there's like a rhythmic you know setup and resolution you know there's a five and then there's the one you know of, of rhythm yeah. you know and i don't know how to 
how to, you know, it's just like how things resolve, you know, and I think like, 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 uh, he's really, he's, he's, you know, like, like really a master of that. And, and, and I, I, I can, and it's just like, um, it's just like when you talk, you know, you talk, I talk, you know, you, I, when I stop, you, 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 you continue. And it's just like, like, like language. So, so, uh, uh, um, I definitely think like, like there's, there's a, uh, um, uh, language to all of that stuff. And I think like harmonic and rhythmic resolution aren't that separate. You know, they're very, they're very much, I don't want to say they're completely the same, but they are, you know, really kind of the same. I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you listen to how things resolve properly, you know, then, 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 uh, um, yeah. Um, as another um, thing that I'm super interested in is you've played with Wayne with the quartet, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of that band, and I have tons of bootlegs and um, you know all the records, and I have a, a certain bootlegs of where people were subbing in the band, like I have something with Scott Collie with Chris McBride, you know Jorge Rossi, other other mm. people. And it's so interesting what it does to the band when somebody new comes in. I'd be super interested at first to get to know from you what, when you got the call, what your preparation was for for the gig. Uh, well, a direct Wayne quote is, "How do you How do you prepare for the unknown?" Yep. You know, so that's that's what he that's what that's what he said. Uh, so I had I didn't prepare at all. You know, at the time, um, uh, I, I I think I was I was playing with uh, Brian Blade with the uh, um, San Francisco Jazz Collective. So we were playing like all you know. We were at that time we were playing like every rehearsing and playing every day. You know, so so I had a connection with him and and and. Uh, uh, Yeah, that was great. You know, uh, uh, that was great, and it, I had nothing to prepare for. I, I mean, you do, Did you, they tell you about songs or repertoire, anything? None, none of that. So, so, but yeah, we just we did a sound check rehearsal, uh, um, and he pulled like he pulled on like about seven or eight songs that we never played. <laughs> <laughs> And then we just started playing, and we just started playing, and and um, and about like after about twenty minutes, I looked at Brian. I said, "What are, what are we playing?" And he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept playing. I think I think at some point we went into footprints, and then maybe one other tune that I think it was like an obscure tune of his. Um, I can't even remember because I was so scared. You know, I was just like so scared. Uh, um, yeah, and I just, I just did the best I could. Man, I, I, if you have a, if you have a, a tape of that, I would love to hear it. <laughs> Me too. I don't, I don't have a tape. I, I just found one picture and To me, it looked like it, there was the wrong date on the picture because the people didn't look like it said like 2011, but it looked like 
at least almost 10 years before that. When was it? I remember it was, it was uh, I can't remember the year, but it was, I know, you know, uh, uh, John is really religious, so he, he called me like, like, like to do it, and it was the day before Easter, so it was like the Saturday before Easter Sunday, whatever year that was, and, and uh, uh, mm. yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a great time, though. It was like I was, I was, I was, uh, you know. Even though, like, I was kind of, um, I don't really remember any specifics because I was so terrified, you know. But uh, um, uh, I do remember just conceptually, like, I want to do that. I want to be able to just do a gig from nothing and just like, just from nothing and just really be able to do it, you know. And, and, Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard that I've heard that band uh, many times, and like, 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 um, sometimes they'll get to a tune, and then sometimes they don't, you know. And it's just like you just got to be ready. To, he said, "I might do this. I might do this. I might do this." You know, when, when we were so, I had all this. I had this music stand. I had like <laughs> all the music ready, you know. And I never heard him go into anything really. I kind of remember uh, footsteps. But he didn't really, he didn't want the baseline, you know, the footsteps. He, he just wanted, you know, it was, it was open, you know, and, and, oh, and we did uh, Mascalero. I remember oh, that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's the only two tunes I remember, the two, but everything else was just like, you know, it was just like gone, you know, so, mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I just remember being scared doing that. And now I, I, I feel like I got that fear out of my system. Uh -huh. You know, and now I, I really I, I I look forward to like like just doing like a like a um, you know a, a, a completely open gig you know and and, and 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 not like kind of in the in the honking squeaking avant garde cliche kind of way you know I I don't mean to be dismissive of that of that genre but I mean like really to play like 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 some You know, like 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 some musical events that that that, that really really are in the in the present tense. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's 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 really what I got from 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 doing that because they, it's like so so brave what he does. You know, like like just just to, you know, just to dive in there and and uh, and I think like his music doesn't sound like 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 that. You know. I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to insult anybody or like, 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 like reduce anybody's music, you know. But like, like that, 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 that stereotypical kind of, you know, free music vein, you know. I, th I th you know, uh, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I enjoyed that about him. It was so. Mm -hmm. It was so the, the, the bravery and just like how he shaped it, how he could just shape it, and he could just come in and just like. To, to turn everything left, you know, like like mm -hmm. like turn everything to the a, a whole other way, man. It's like, you know, and I'm kind of I, I just finished, you know, his his uh the, the, that uh documentary uh, yeah. a couple of days. It's nice, huh? Yeah, I dug it. I dug mm -hmm. it. So, uh, and just to hear him, just to hear his voice and hear like him speak, yeah. you know, it's so cool, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Can you talk about getting the fear out of your system? I'm interested in that. Yeah, you. I don't think that you can. I don't think you can. Uh, if you can, you're probably a psychopath. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you probably have some kind of social path. You know, like like if you can get the fear out of your system. But I think coexisting with the fear and understanding mm -hmm. like this is the fear. This is fear. But so what? You know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think bravery is not the absence of fear, but bravery is doing it anyway, even though you're half fear, you mm -hmm. know, even though you're scared to, to, to do it. That's what bravery is, you know. So so I think like, like you know, I, I just think along those lines and, and, and I never, uh, uh, you know, uh, after, after a certain point, you know, I, I, I can't say when it was, but like, like I, I uh, the whole notion of sounding good or sounding bad, you know, you just sound how you sound, you know, you sound how you sound that day, you know, like that's, that's how you were supposed to sound, mm -hmm. you know, and I think like, if I sound bad because I was not prepared, then that's a mistake. But if I just, if I sound bad because that's just how I sounded that day, you know, uh, I don't really, I can live with that. I mm -hmm. can live with that. But sometimes I know, you know, I, I, if I didn't get a chance to practice enough, or if, I, if I'm not, if I'm not prepared and I sound bad, then that that is, I don't want that to ever happen, you know. So 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 I I do everything in my powers for that not to happen, you know. Uh, um, so I don't really. But I, that being said, I I don't really care if I sound bad. If I if I'm like if I'm like have honest intentions and I'm, I'm, I'm like really playing what's in my head. I'm going for it. I, 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 I think it's the best thing at that time. You know, I don't, and it doesn't work. Well, it just doesn't work. You know? mm -hmm. So it, that didn't work. We're all like, doesn't work. You know? But like, sometimes it will. And sometimes it'll be like that one little mistake and it'll inspire the whole band to do like, mm -hmm. like a whole other, to, you know, and, and I, I've experienced both, you know, and I think like, like uh, I read the chance, you know, sounding, sounding bad or, 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 or sounding, you know, doing something that's, 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 I'm unsure of, that doesn't bother me. If I do that and it, and it, and it, and it can ignite something else to happen, that's, that's what I live for. But sometimes it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, you know, so what? Who, mm -hmm. you know, who cares? It's still only music, man. Shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only music, man. You know, so at the end of the day, so so so. You know, I don't mean to be, you know, to be dismissive, but like, like wow, really. Mm -hmm. How was it to take a lesson with Ray Brown? Man, it was it was great. It was life life changing. I mean, he made me uh, understand the. Uh, what's real, you know, and, and, and like what's, 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 what's true. And, and, and I, I you know, I, I think when I went into that lesson at, at that time, I was still, I was still playing with Winton and, and uh, I remember I, I went in and I played, uh, I'm confessing that I love you that I learned off all chambers record. And, and, and uh, um, yeah. And I, I tried to play every possible thing I could think to play, you know, and he was like, uh, um, yeah, man, I hear you, man, you sound good on the bass. You can play the bass, I can tell. But can you just play me like a two beat? Um, two. Play the same song like this and just play a two beat. 
you know, to, you know, and I folded so hard, you know, it was like so <laughs> terrible. You know? and, and, you know, and he like stuck with me and he just kind of got, he got, he kept getting closer and closer to me and he, he was popping his finger. And finally I got in, I kind of got in the pocket. I felt comfortable, you know, and he's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> he was like in my face. Like he said, when you get that shit, never turn it loose, never turn it loose. And he was just like yelling, you know, like yelling at me. And, and and then after that, he was like, okay, yeah, thanks, man. You know, <laughs> but I feel like when it came to music, he was so, and when it came to keeping the beat and swinging, his, he was ferocious about it. I mean, he was like, like, you know, he said, when I get that shit, I'm never turning loose, never. You know, and he was like, yeah, I was like, I mean, I was like, I wasn't scared because I knew, but it was like really like your, you know, your father just saying, never do that shit again. You know, it was yeah. like, never, you know, and, and man, when, when he did that, uh, uh, I mean, it took me many years after that to really get it together. But like, like, like I understood like the, 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 how seriously these older cats take that shit. Mm-hmm. They take it very very seriously like 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 you know and they they can be like some of the most animated cast by the but if you if you're not if you're not doing what you're supposed to do they 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 you you can't be their friend <laughs> i mean you know they'll be nice to you but you can't be their friend you can't be you know like like you know you, you got you gotta you gotta learn how to do what they're doing at the level that they're doing it, you know, and I and I think, uh, uh, yeah, he was he was he was he was cool with me, like like because he, you know, I was, you know, I could do all kind of fast stuff and tricky stuff on the bass, but he didn't really care about that, you know. He wasn't impressed at all with that, you know. But, but you know, once I, once I kind of got the pocket and he saw I could do it, you know, and I could tell, you know, uh, you know, like he was he was he was, uh, uh, once I got it, you know, he was like. Once you get that thing, never turn it loose. And yeah, and then I, I, he was doing like a, a, a residency at the at the Blue Note at the time. And uh, um, I remember uh, uh, I came back several times. You know, I think he was doing three weeks. So I, I, I had uh, I had I had two weeks off. So I, I went back like you know like almost every night. And then I, I came back one night, and and uh, he was talking to another bass player, and and, and uh, you know I walked past him. I said, "Hey Ray, you know, hey man, you know, you sound great, blah blah blah." So I, and then I said, "Man, I'm still working on that two beat." He said, "Man, if you want to work on your two beat, you need to listen to your homeboy Paul Chambers." Now he had the two beat, yeah, and he and he and then he went on to talk about Paul Chambers and how great he was, and mm. it was like so cool to hear him talk, you know. Uh, talk about Paul, who was younger than him, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and he was like really, really supportive. And he was talking to somebody, another young musician. He said, "Yeah, you need to check out some Paul Chambers, you know, like he had that Tuli thing, you know, like, like yeah." And it was, it, it was, it was like a, a really, it, it made an impression, you know. Uh, uh, and we we hung out, we hung out a, a few times after that. And, and when I moved to LA, we hung out a, a, a couple of times. I wish I had been like braver and 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 you know hung out with him more you know at that at that at that time you know mm. uh, but like he was always so cool to me you know uh, and uh, uh, yeah yeah and people always say you know we look alike so mm-hmm. you know, we, 
we 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 got that. But like, yeah, he was he was he was amazing, man, and just like like such a such a cool person. And I remember like the other thing I, I remember about him is when um, I heard his band with uh, Mickey Roker mm. and a couple other drummers, like you know, kind of drummers from his generation. And then I remember when Greg Hutchinson got in the band, and then later Kareem Riggins got in the band, and like man, how 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 that changed everything. And and, and like because you know I had played with both of those guys, and and I knew what it was like to play with them. And hearing how he played with them, they 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 like brought this this whole young energy and like like playing over the bar and like 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 doing like all this all 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 the all the all the you know like like things from 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 younger generations. But Ray was killing it, you know, with those. Mm-hmm. And I loved hearing him, him with those with those with those, with, uh, with Hutch and and and, uh, and Kareem Riggins, you know. Who uh, I still I still play a lot with Green Riggins and, and I play a lot with both of them, you know and and, and uh, yeah just 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 hearing how he did it, you know I learned so much from that you know that even it's more than interesting the it's interesting to hear your peers play with a legend or like a right. more experienced player. I'm sure you had the same also when when Jeff Tain Watts played with Ron Carter as well. And you, during a time where you play with Jeff Tame Watts a lot, you know? So Yeah, I've, had, I've only heard like recordings of that. I haven't heard him play with, with, with uh, but I've, I have heard him play with like, like uh, you know, like a like recording with him with Buster and like, mm. like other, other cats. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other, other people. Uh, uh, but that's always, that's always an education, you know, um, also, like, like uh, just last week, I heard. Um, I think it was on Whitney's birthday. They played uh, "Black Coast from the Underground," and that was that was Tame playing with Charnette Moffat. You know? Yeah. You know, like you know, I just we we, we were always like kind of competing for the same gig. So you know, and we we I, I can't say we were good friends, but we were you know fr- friends. You know, and and. and uh, 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 but like hearing hearing Tane with him, you know, like that, I learned so much from that. You know, and, and, and Charnette is younger than me. You know, you know, it was younger than me. You know, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I I I think that you know you can, you know, you can learn you can learn from anybody. You know, you can learn from, from any anybody. So so uh, yeah yeah. I remember hearing this one thing of, of Tane playing with a. Uh, I think it was every sharp on bass, but it was uh, with um, uh, McCoy and uh, Freddie Hubbard, uh, wow. and, and and they were just they were just burning it out to a crisp, man. It was just like so so amazing, dude. You know, like 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 uh, uh, yeah, just 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 to sit on the sideline because yeah, with him I'm always in the fire, so it's like it's it's. I always have fun, but it's not always comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but to hear him from the sideline was, 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 was great yeah, with those cats. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm I'm actually curious about. Um, I actually I want to go back to the two beat because now I'm interested in like uh, how you, what kind of things, unlocked this uh, you know um, next to the to the lesson uh, with Ray Brown. How, what kind of things helped you understand this concept more or what do you think is important 
if you now approach a two beat feel? Um, well, that that interaction with Ray was was really you know uh, fundamental. He made me like really understand like oh you know so so I can you know. So if we if we if we just doing like like a, a, a I'm trying to get it together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Two. So when I the first course I played, I played all just one, two, three, four, one, two, mm. three, and then like in the second course I was you know just playing more notes and blah blah blah. But I was still playing one, three, one, two, three, two, two. So that's that's one thing that Ray kind of you know, uh, or just I don't know if Ray hit me to it, but like just when I listened to Paul, he could play all of the all the cool stuff in two B, one, two, three, four, one. And still keep that and do all this other stuff, you know. So if you're going, You know, so you could do all of these other, you know, like really cool rhythms in between, but still keep the two beat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, that's the nev never letting go part, I guess. Right, right, right. <laughs> never let it go. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, yeah, you know, and that's that's one of those things. I I and I think um, there's a certain sense of freedom and like kind of that two feeling with uh, the Bill Evans trio. They have a certain sensibility that they that they deal with. They don't they they I don't know if I would call it a two B, but they like kind of don't walk, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, so they have that that sensibility, but. I, 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 I like the feeling of, of the two and, and still the freedom, you know, on top of that, you know, and I think, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, in Scott LaFaro's playing, I get a lot from his playing, but I, I want to ground it with Paul Chambers and Ray Brown. So like, 
that's my that's how kind of how I interpret what he's doing. Uh, uh, you know, and maybe play it an octave lower <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's just that's just my philosophy. I'm not saying any, you know people can do whatever they want. You know, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm 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 a, I'm a I, I like I like shit for I like shit to swing, man. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, it's supposed to swing. You know, it's, it's supposed to swing, and you don't have to. You don't have to be a dictator on the beat, you know, and everything. But like, if, if it's if it's supposed to be, if it's supposed to do that, if it's supposed to groove, mm-hmm. it's supposed to groove, you know. And yeah. and, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I really want to um, always always keep that as 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 part of part of you know as as you know if I, if I'm the jazz police, you know, like 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 you know, I want to keep the sense of groove. You don't have to play four four swing boom boom, boom but it, it has to groove, man. Like like yeah. who wants? I, I I don't know. Just the notion of like black music that doesn't groove is scary to me. You know, I, I never want that. That's like uh, that's like the end of the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So 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 we gotta we gotta we gotta keep that keep that happening. You know, and uh, and I'm I'm like you know I'm not like part of the swing police, you know, I, 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 I love, you know, uh, what Robert Glasper's doing. I mean, he's, a, he's on, he's on, a, you know, like, like three of my records and, and mm-hmm. like, I think like the, the sense of, of, of blues and the sense of groove, you know, I think, I, 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 I think are important in the music, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be the same four four swing groove, but I think like it has to be something, you know, with, uh, uh, I think I, I don't know if I invented this term, but like I'm the first one that I heard say it is a head not head not ability. You know, you got to have head yep. not ability. <laughs> so, so it could be like one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, five. One, two, yeah. three, four. Five. You know, it, it don't have to be a four, four, but it, it's just like you know, like like that's something that 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 uh, the whole crowd it envelops the whole room you know and it's like like a communal thing that's what brings us yeah. all together and it's like about that whole universal thing of humanity you know uh, 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 that's that's where i get it certain so, people can like can play like completely free and and, and 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 get that you know like you know like like our ensemble of chicago they can they can have that sense of but you can't you can i don't think you can give up both you can't give up the rhythm and the blues mm-hmm. you gotta have one or the other Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, in 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 what black music is about, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you got to have one or the other. You can't, you, you, you can't, preferably preferably both. You know, that, I'm going for both. You know, the rhythm and the blues. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like if if you, if you don't have either, I'm not saying it's bad music, but you know, it's 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 uh, uh you know, it's, it's I'm I'm less interested in that and and. And I remember hearing uh, 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 several musicians. I, I, I can't remember the first musician that I heard say this, but like they, they said, uh, uh, "Great music has three things: it has uh, uh, um, a spiritual spiritual element that makes you feel something. You know, like in, you know that makes you feel something, makes you want to cry, laugh, blah 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 blah. blah. It has some some kind of emotional element." And then you have uh, an intellectual element, 
that makes you think, wow, this is, this is, wow, this is really brilliant. You know, they, they did this, what they did this, blah, blah, blah. And then it has a kinetic element, you know, something that makes you move. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, whoever this person was that said that, he said, great music has all three. Yeah. Now, good music can have one, two, or th- you know, one or two of those elements. You know, you know, you can just go to a dance club where it's a boom, 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 boom. You know, they have one of those elements. But great music has all three of those elements. They have the the, the element of making you want to think, making you want to feel, and making you want to move. You know, so that's what that's my aim. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's my aim. It's, it's, it's the, I don't know how great it's going to be, but to, but to encapsulate those three elements into whatever I do. Yeah. Um, today I learned this song. I tried to learn it. What is that? Rastabout. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Um, oh. At first I had some trouble hearing, um, trying to put the melody in a harmonic context. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Once I just listened to you, it made sense. You know, I, I kind of got the changes. Still with some, I'm not sure if uh, if it's just a dominant or if it's a major dominant. You know, sometimes I wasn't sure if uh, what it was. I, I would love to see the actual sheet of yours if, if you would uh, share it with me. Um, I'd be also curious, like in, uh, what's the version? Um, like one of the versions I have from Brentford, there's like a shorter intro and then there's a bigger intro with kind of a odd, it seems odd uh, bar length for the drum solo at the beginning. Yeah, that was, Brentford did that intro, so that I, I did not write that. So he just started doing that. And it would just kind of be what, yeah. And and it was kind of it kind of started being four bars, but then after a while it just was. I would just wait for whatever he did. Ah, know. I see. Okay, so I was because I was I was wondering like how should I write this down and how fixed is this? Is this an open thing? Because on the record it's like two times. It comes two times, but it's both times it's a different length. Yeah, he he um. He actually did that just on a gig, you know. He he made that uh, intro up and then and then it stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad to send you a, a chart. If you know, please please bug me and I and I will send you a chart. <laughs> I will. I will. I transcribed a couple of your songs. Um, there's actually an, another one. I felt like um, you're interested in certain kind of little cells. Some cells turn up in show up in in various songs of yours, but you always take them into a different direction. You know, um, this is one like there's Dark Knight, uh, which has the cell. To me, it sounds like the core cell is like a perfect fourth with a uh, what is it semitone uh, at the at the yeah. top and at the bottom. Right. You know, it's a, uh, actually, I, I got that pattern from Winston. Uh, uh, he did it going the other way. It was like a half step forth, half step forth, going up. We go uh, play the note, then up a half step, and up yeah. a fourth, up a half step, up fourth. So yeah. I did the same thing going the opposite direction. Yeah. So like down a half step and down a fourth, and you know, so that whole 
thing is is that that pattern yeah yeah and the 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 harmony the i mean the the, the other melody that kenny uh plays on the piano is that fixed or is that something that he came up with or is it I wrote something, but I think I just told him to, uh, uh, you know, play whatever he heard, you know. So I don't mm -hmm. remember. I don't remember if he played uh, what he did on the record, you know, the recording. But uh, uh, um, yeah, and I, I think like that was that was like like my my um, my first record that I did, which is like like uh, there's there's some. It's mostly a quintet record, you know. But that was really influenced by, uh, um, you know, Wynn's first couple records, like like Black Holes and his records before that, his quintet writing, and he like always had like like a, a, a melody and like like a cool comedy a harmony part, you know. And Bramford's yeah. Bramford's really good, and Kenny they're both really good at doing that. So um, I wrote a part, uh, uh, um, you know, like like on on. A lot of that first record, you know, uh, I wrote a, a part, but like I just said, man, just play, place, you know, you hear what it is, play something that sounds good, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's nice if you have people that you can trust like that, you know, yeah. you can just let them lose. Yeah. And then there's uh, there's another one that I transcribed, which is uh, how do you pron pronounce this one? Acreek. Acreek. What what is Acreek? Uh, that's the street where I lived when I first moved. I, I moved to. Um, Passaic, New Jersey. When I when I moved to New York, it's about you know 15 minutes outside of New York in, in New Jersey, and that's the, that was the name of the street that mm. I lived on. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, or it's probably a name. I I, I never knew what it was, but it was just like a uh, yeah. I lived at 215 Acreek, and and, mm. and uh, uh, yeah, it was just like a a, a, a cool, interesting name. You know, so, mm -hmm, it is, and it's a great song, man. I, I really love the chord progression as well. Um, and the, the way the and that's another one that's, that's that half step fourth that's the same it has a fifth du, du, de, de. Yeah. oh so okay, okay. if if you look at from from the C it's like C D flat F G flat right yeah, right. yeah but yeah yeah other way exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful but um, I, I remember, like, like in that in that course when I when I really started, you know, really des the desire to compose and in, in, in different things. That's one uh, um, one of the exercises that uh, uh, this this composition teacher that I knew he he, he said, you know, do, do intervallic things. So you know, just start with one interval and you know, like like. In, in, one or two intervals and just like make something out of that you know and that that can create your, your thematic material you know and, yeah. yeah it's beautiful it's be really beautiful to see what you do with these little ideas and then expand them and write things that come on top and um yeah really beautiful um dark knight is on one of my absolute favorite records crazy people music and i would love mm. to hear as many stories as you would like to share from the rec recording and rehearsal process, whatever you want to uh, share. But uh, I'm, yeah, I, I would like to know as much as I can about this record. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a fun record, man. That, that was, that was a, a 
cool. It was like at a time, um, and at the, at the time we we booked um, RCA Studios in New York, and uh, Kenny Kenny Kirkland was so so Bradford did his record from. What were the times? He we would start like at about uh, two two in the afternoon and go to eight, and then Kenny Kenny's record uh, was we would start like at midnight and go to six in the morning, you know. And uh, 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 I did like a few tunes, and then like he did a couple tunes over that uh, that um, that uh, with, with uh, uh, some other people. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 we worked on that and it was it was uh you know at that at that time you know um you know i love i love kenny and tame but they were notoriously late so they would they would they would be like, like really <laughs> so you know i would get there like oh you know pretty much on time you know maybe a little late because i knew they weren't going to be there so mm-hmm. so uh uh, yeah, I would get there, and then you know we would wait around, and, and I would Bradford would show me the tunes. Say, I want to try this, blah, blah blah, and I would learn like whatever, whatever, whatever he's into, and then you know eventually Kenny would, and Tang would show up, and uh, and then we would order lunch, <laughs> and then and then we would like record it, and the recording part was so fast, you know, but it was just like a lot of a lot of a lot of wait, waiting around, mm-hmm. you know, and. and um, yeah, and we and, and we and and, and uh, you know uh, Bradford and I would we would have like like little conflict because we worked you know that band worked all the time and we had plenty of time to to like work out the music ahead of time but he would always wait till we got in the studio and he would be like writing music in the studio you know so uh, so most of that stuff was like you know like like. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, what we had been playing on gigs. I, I can't remember the tunes that we had been playing on gigs, but like a lot of that stuff he, he wrote, like, you know, he, was, he had been working on it in the studio and we just did it, you know, and then, uh, um, and then we do Kenny, we do Kenny's record at night. So it was like, it was fun. So both, it was both records were done at the same time. At the same time, yeah. In the same studio. In the same studio. Yeah, we just so they, set up. So that track would you're on Revelations, I think, on on his right. album, right? Okay, so that's from the same studio setup, same because it sounds maybe it's mixed from a different person or something. It definitely was, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and Kenny had some other electronic stuff on his record too. Yeah, you know. uh, but we did like uh, um, yeah we we it was it was supposed to be like like t- both both records were like twelve to six, so like we you know Bradford's record would be like twelve to twelve to six you know in, in, in a day and then like we would have some time and then uh, and then Kenny would start at like at midnight you know and, 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 and wow uh, and go to like six in the morning you know and and uh, so you know yeah we recorded all of those you know a bunch of takes on 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 all of those songs and and then he. Um, yeah, he had a whole bunch of other cats. Uh, I know Andy Gonzalez and Jerry Gonzalez played on on some other stuff, you know. And and, and uh, so yeah, but he did he did his record like right at the, at the same time uh, that Bradford was did his, you know. Uh, his, yeah. Like the same Another studio, one same of my favorites. So good. Such a beautiful album. 
Mm. I wish mm. he would have recorded more under his own name. It's yeah, so he had a, he had a couple. Um, he was really into like trying to trying to uh, dial in electronics. So I know on, on, for his second record, I know he had like some other like like uh, MIDI stuff that he had done and some other pre-production stuff that he had done, but he never got around. You know, he never completed. So, so. yeah, it's brilliant, cat man. So so good. Mm-hmm. What was uh, Brantford's? Can you maybe speak about his the the um, rehearsal process for a song? Like how would this normally go? <laughs> if you then brought a new song, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, if you heard the record, you probably heard the re rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, for that band. I remember we had uh, when he did the quartet. We had one quartet rehearsal. And uh, and he said, everybody bring a bunch of music. So I brought a bunch of music. So some, you know, uh, uh, probably Dark Knight and uh, Rostabout and you know a couple of other things. And and um, and Kenny brought some stuff. And yeah, we just did that rehearsal. And then I think uh, uh, after Kenny's record came out, he had, he started having some of his own gigs. So uh, um, yeah, he started he started he started doing like 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 his own gigs. So that's when it that's when it kind of became a trio, you know. And then we had one trio rehearsal at Bradford's house, and 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 that was it. And and uh, everything else would be like you know in the in the sound check or or uh, we would just talk about it, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, but yeah, that band never rehearsed. You know, it was just it was just uh, we, we we would just try stuff. He said, man, let's let's try this. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 I love that. I love that thing. You know, I remember our, our, uh, we were listening to. Um, we had like a little brief, maybe week period of of, of uh, a one week period of of, of um, we were listening to this record, Nakin uh, 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 Cole Live at the Sands, mm -hmm. and we would just play like songs songs from that record. You know, it was like, let's try this song. Let's try this song. Let's try. You know, so it was uh, um, with Winston and Bradford both. I mean, like uh, um, they both were like really blessed with having a, a gang of gigs, you know, all the time. So, so yeah, we would just play. We would just like, like always, you know, say, "Man, let's try this tonight. Let's try this." Or you know, he would say, "Let's, let's, you know, you bring something to the sound check. Let's, say, let's, 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 let's do this. You know, let's, let's, you know." And uh, I remember. Uh, um, <clears throat> when, when I was playing with Winston, uh, when, you know, he was very similar. He's probably different now with a big band, but like, like at that time, you know, with a small group. I remember uh, Tang came up with the, this this arrangement that he did on the, on uh, standard time of uh, Autumn Leaves, mm. and it has like this, this 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 kind of morphing time thing that he did, you know. And I remember he he like sang that to us on the way to the gig, you know. It was it was like after the sound check, he he like. He, he sang it to us on the way back to the hotel, and then he sang it to us going to the game. And, and when it was like, let's just try it. And man, we we tried it, and you know, we fucked it all up. But you know, like like uh, uh, uh but we got it the next time, you know. And and, mm -hmm. and I think I, I that's that's one thing I would say I'm I'm envious of just like having a you know working band where you can yeah. just work that stuff out. You know, I, I, but I really I really enjoyed that time and love love working with those cats like that. Mm -hmm. Did you guys 
I don't know. Um, of course, there was a different time when it comes to, you know, technical um, gadgets or something like that. But uh, did you guys record the concerts in in a way and re listen to them together? Oh, uh, we recorded a lot of concerts. Uh, we didn't always listen together, but we we would sometimes. We listen. We didn't listen to ourselves together, but we listened to a lot of other music together. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the time. We, we listen to music together all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but we would get, like, really good quality tapes of the gigs because, um, you know, Delphia was a producer, so he would come out and... And, and, and we had a... Um, yeah, we had, like, a like a full week at the Vanguard that he recorded, and, and that never yeah. came out. It was, like, really... I heard it. I, I heard some of it. Yeah, a lot of people have heard it's it, man. It's so I, beautiful. Wow. Ooh. So yeah, and, and just just like all, all you know, you know, we get board tapes and and and, and, and uh, also our engineer uh, uh, Patrick Smith, he was on on the on the road with us, so he would, you know, I don't know if he taped everything, but whenever we wanted a tape of something, he would you know he would we would hook it up, you know, and uh, and um, yeah, I got a lot of lot of uh, random tapes, you know, around from 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 those gigs and. and um, um, but you know, you, you, you speak about uh, uh, listening to music together. I don't, we didn't really listen to ours, to us, you know, playing together. You know, but we listened to a lot of other music together. You know, and, and, and I think like uh, you know, it, it, it could just be like like a a, a random whatever. You know, uh, um, you know, I, I remember. Uh, you know, in Bramper's band, we were listening to like like um, uh, the Snoop Dogg record, and uh, I'm not gonna say the name of the record, the name of the tune that we we continued to quote for like a week, but it was like a really you know like like really you know uh, uh, <laughs> disgusting title, <laughs> but like yeah, we, we we would be on some you know like like all you know like like like. Uh, uh, what we what we what we ingested together, you know, we would we would we, we did that, you know, and and you know, I know with Winton, uh, uh, we we got on a whole like two months of uh, um, uh, Thelonious Monk at the It Club, and we would just play oh, like yeah. set, a set from from that record, you know, it, that, that would be the gig, you know, and, and oh. uh, a whole Thelonious Monk set or a whole you know, a uh, uh, blues set or, you know, like it would be like, you know, so it, it, it was, I think the way they use, you know, uh, um, their, their, their platform to, to, to make themselves better was, was really cool. Yeah. That's a great record. The It Club, Life at the It Club. Oh, I love it. Wow. Wow. Um, the Nurturer, um, Jerry oh. Allen's uh, album, that's, such a such a special album uh any memories of that album how that came about and and how you yeah dealt with the music yeah that was that's 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 my girl i mean i have uh, uh you know i've been playing with jerry since i was 15 years old you know we both played with marcus belgrave together here in detroit and and that's just you know one of my one of my dearest dearest associations you know with her and it was really cool she she wanted to do uh uh 
I think except for Tay and everybody's from Detroit on the record, you know. Uh, um, uh, so so yeah, that that was just like a, like a just a beautiful time that we had recording that because we were all friends and everybody's close, you know. And, um, and I I met um, I met Tane through through Jerry Allen. Uh, I was like uh, probably fifteen or sixteen years old, and I remember uh, I went to. Um, Jerry, Jerry did her graduate work in, at University of Pittsburgh. So we went, I, I drove out there with Marcus Belgrave and, uh, and uh, uh, Lawrence Williams, great drummer. Uh, uh, we drove out to do her, um, it was it was a gig, but it was like, kind of was her senior, her uh, uh, graduate recital. You know? So we did that and, and, and it was like a, this outdoor thing. It could have been the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival, like one of the early days of it, because it was like a, it was like a whole festival and we played and, and that was her recital. And then like after the gig, we went to um, this after hours gig that she had, it was like a jam session. And that's where I met Tane and Dwayne Dolphin and, and, and like all these, all these Pittsburgh casts. And, and, and so yeah, we played and, 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 and that was kind of the first time that, that you know, uh, Tane and Jerry and I played together and, and, mm. and, and we just had a great connection then, you know, uh, um, and we did a, a few other things um, uh, together as far as gigs. Uh, I know the first, like the demo that I used to get my first record deal was uh, with Jerry and Tane, uh, myself, Branford, and Terrence Blanchard. Wow. And, uh, and we had a, a, bunch, a lot of fun. That could have been oh. the record too. Was, oh, was, I want to hear this. This sounds like an incredible yeah. band. Wow. So it was like it was like the you know we played like like maybe four tunes that I did on my very first record you know and uh, uh, yeah we recorded it at uh, um, Andy Snitzer's studio uh, uh, downtown and and, and uh, uh, yeah you know we we always had a great time playing we and, and I know Jerry Jerry and Tane and I we played a, a few other times and uh, hmm. uh, it was always always. You know, great, and and then she wanted to do this that record, uh, um, and Tane just kind of he kind of fit in, you know. He mm -hmm. uh, 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 with all the Detroit all the Detroit people, and and, uh, and there was another drummer uh, um, was that that uh, was playing with us when I met Tane. His name was Lawrence Williams, and he wrote the wrote the tune number three that's on on that on the record uh, uh, on Jerry's record, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was like like one of the greatest composers, you know, uh, uh, and great greatest drummers. He, you know, that that, that I've ever played with, you know. And, and, and uh, um, yeah, I just remember him, Lawrence Williams, great great, great musician, and and uh, and uh, I think she played two of his compositions on that record, uh, number mm -hmm. three, and uh, maybe she might have played number four mm -hmm. uh, as well. Yeah, like this this. Uh, uh, a ballet that he wrote, and it was all like number, you know, number one, number two, number three, number four, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, it was it was it was, it was uh, uh, great. I love that record, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite records, you know, that I'm associated with. Yeah, know. it's really special. What about that trio with Kareem Riggins and 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 her? Wow. Uh, yeah, we have a um, that was a group called D Three. Yeah, uh, you know, and um, we still have all that music, man. We haven't released it, and, and um, 
we just kind of got sidetracked between, um, you know, people moving away and and her passing away. Um, but did you guys actually go into the studio or was it just the, the recording from the Kitano? Uh, we, yeah, we did. We, we asked a few studio recordings. You know. uh -huh. Yeah, we haven't like, you know, uh, really put together and, and it's some, it's, it's, it's a lot. We have a lot of stuff to go through, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I haven't been able to, you know, like, like really focus in and go and, and go through it and like really get it together and uh but we we we, we do also have a uh um this pianist great pianist uh, uh that plays in my band his name is ian fickelstein and, and and uh he's one of jerry's uh best students and he, he's he really got the he really got the the, the the gift from her, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and he's super bad himself. But anyway, we've been trying to create, you know, that, that name of that group was D3. So we, we've been trying to continue with D3 uh, with, with Ian. I see. And uh, in my next record, uh, we did a duo record with myself and Ian. And, and, mm. and uh, uh, so that'll be my next project with, with him. And uh, But he's super bad, you know. Um, he play, he's, he's starting to starting to, you know, uh, people are starting to discover him. He play, you know, plays with a few people in New York, and, and he's, he's really, really a great musician. So, yeah, yeah. cool. So, Looking forward to hearing hearing that. How was it to to play with uh, Joe Henderson on the um, on the Winton album? Man, it was wonderful. It's. Uh, uh, He's just so cool. He's one of my one of my heroes, and he's just very very cool, very low key, and uh, um, you know we have kind of like a, a he went to Wayne State here in in Detroit, and like he has a, a Detroit connection. He lived here for many years, and uh, but he was just you know super super cool, just just really really focused on on on, on, on the music and and and. and uh, Uh, I know he has a wild side that I don't really, you know, know about, but like, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, he, he, he was super cool. And, uh, you know, growing up here in Detroit, I played in this group, um, uh, 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 the Contemporary Jazz Quintet with uh, Kenny Cox and, and uh, but uh, Joe Henderson's brother, uh, Leon Henderson played in that group. He's also like, like amazing tenor player. And, you know, just, just the, just the, See how you know, like, like how they how they both sounded and, and how similar they sounded and, and you know I felt I felt kind of a connection you know with Joe kind of through his brother you know mm -hmm. and, and a chance to play with and, and, um, and yeah contemporary it's either Detroit Contemporary Five or Contemporary Jazz Quintet uh, but they did two records on Blue Note like in the '60s and it was very. Um, kind of like, you know, Miles-centric at the time, you know, like they were really kind of dealing with that stuff that Miles was doing at the time, which, you know, nobody else was doing, you know, mm -hmm. like like in that era. It was a really great, great band. Um, but yeah, with Joe, man, he was, he was, uh, uh, he was just really soft-spoken and really cool. And I remember uh, uh, um, when we were doing that record, uh, I don't know how this happened, if, if, if it was like a super hip, person at the hotel but uh uh 
I remember uh, we walked back um, from RCA Studios to the Novotel, which is at 52nd and Broadway. And I, I remember, you know, you kind of have to you go up to an elevator to get to the lobby, and then you, you go go to your rooms from there. And I remember we got on the second elevator going up to the rooms, and they were playing Joe Henderson's solo from Bimadeba uh, 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 Passion Dance from oh, Corey wow. Passion And as we got on the elevator, and I'm sitting there, you know, uh, you know, Marcus Roberts, you know, he's, 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 mm-hmm. he's unsighted, so he's, he's on my arm, you know, so I'm, I'm, yeah. and then Joe is, you know, he's carrying this hard, and we get on the elevator, and it was just like, this whole surreal thing, man, after we had played, mm-hmm. and they were playing, like, you know, passion dance on the elevator, and it was hip. like, yeah, it was very hip, very, very hip. But yeah, he was really soft-spoken and very, very cool, and, and you know, I wish I had more opportunities to, to, to connect with him. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play with a pianist, um, like I've played with a lot of bassists and a lot of bassists have a lot of different tastes or, uh, um, requirements when it comes to comping for them in their solos. You know, some people say, just leave me alone or, mm. uh, just give me, uh, just play very sparsely or get in there. Let's do something together. Uh, I've had an interesting one lately uh, where um, I played a pretty harmonically involved um, song with Ben Street, the bassist. And mm. he was like, yeah, uh, if you come for me, just play like I know nothing about harmony. <laughs> you know, and that totally helped me to come for him in his solo, you know, and I love to get this kind of um, these kind of pointers or notes, you know. Um, I'm curious what you look for when you when you when you're playing with a pianist and and what kind of comping you. I mean, of course, it's always a different context, you know. But I've experienced a lot of bases having different kind of views on that. Yeah, I like I like I like support when I play, you know, from drums and uh, um, piano. So so my my main thing that I would tell pianists is like just. Stay out of my register, you know, like, 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 make sure, like, uh, uh, you know, like, like that we're in different, you know, you know, it registers. And, and, I, and I think like, uh, uh, to kind of, I don't like copycat comping, you know, like, like, you know, I'm going, dun, 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 you know, like, like, yeah. like everybody can jump in. You know. So that would be my only, I don't, I don't really like the copycat thing. And then I think, um, Uh, I like I like I like input. You know, I don't like uh, I'm not one of those. St- you know, just stay out of the way. You know, uh, I don't want to walk in base. You know, line or, <laughs> yeah. But like I, I like I like to interplay, and I think like generally speaking, you know, like my concept on the bass to be heard in the ensemble is if everybody's playing fast, then I'll play slow. Remember playing slow. I'll play fast. You know, like like just just just. The that's contrast. what Buster Williams told me. Really? Yeah, that's. Oh, that's I mean, cool. that's that's what Buster Williams told me. That my he told me that Miles told him that. You know, Miles told him like because Buster Buster apparently asked him like, so. 
everybody's doing all this crazy stuff. What am what am I supposed to do? And Miles, that's exactly what Miles said. You know, if they play fast, you play slow. If you, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's just that that contrast and textures makes the, the bass work. I think like, you know, you can kind of do anything behind a trumpet and, and it was, everybody can still hear the trumpet, you know. You know, but but uh, and I think like like yeah, yeah, you can do anything behind saxophone because they can just play through anything, you know. But like, you know, uh, I can play through it, but I I think like um, if I'm playing like 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 rhythmic, you know, like super rhythmic stuff, then then like maybe hold it down. And if I'm doing like you know, if I'm doing slower things, or if I'm playing with the bow or sustained or like whatever, you know, then 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 there's more room for. For for you know coloration and, and augmentation and all that kind of stuff. So so, uh, but I don't like when people lay out. I, I don't like that. So. Mm-hmm. so I will say you know I will say like like you know don't lay out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like interesting. That well, is interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's one thing I I, I tell you know. My students to relays like like what do you like when you when you're solo and and you should ask people that you know what do you what do you like you know and uh, you know I know like like uh, uh, you know just I remember getting into into like 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 you know it was a big shouting match with Kenny Kirkland you know like because you know I, I like uh, I don't always play the root you know. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, you know, and, and he, he wanted more, he wanted more, uh, you know, of, of, of the root and like, you know, like less me, you know, changing shit around, you know, so yeah, you know, and he told me, you know, like, like very adamantly, you know, like what he, what he wanted, you know, so I think like, uh, you know, before it gets to the, to, to, to like, like a elevated stage, you know, like, 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 you know, just for anybody to communicate what they like, you know. Yeah, or what they need. Yeah. Yeah, what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, as a last topic, maybe um, I, I'd be curious in important concert memories, concerts that you've witnessed, um, that you still go back to. You know, I I really have these certain important concerts that I've seen as a, as a listener um, that I can sort of go back to and relive relive certain moments and also um certain concerts that gave me a certain kind of realization of oh you can actually do that or you can oh that could happen you know so i'm curious like what were these concerts for you yeah uh, um i really enjoyed last night you know Kurt mm-hmm. Franklin was just 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 on a on a on a human level, you know, just like humanity and people, you know, just being kind and how music can really unite us. Because we all, we always say that as a cliche, you know, but, and 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 generally speaking, like 90% of the time that I'm at a concert, I'm playing, you know. So, so uh, when I, when I, when I was actually witnessing this concert from a long distance away and I just saw how people were responding to music and just being nice and kind and, 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 and you know, it, you know that 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 um that as that aspect of life is has been you know really missing to me. You know, just just in the whole kind of tr- post-Trump era. You know, mm-hmm. but you know we don't have to go there. Uh, uh, 
But as far as like like uh, I mean, a concert that I saw when I was like um, maybe eleven years old when I saw Ron Carter for the first time. Uh, uh, he was playing at Michigan State, and uh, um, and 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 we we stayed about an hour away where we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I remember Buster Williams, was Ron and Buster, and Kenny Barron, and, and that band. Mm-hmm. I remember going in. I saw like two bases on the stage. I saw the, the piccolo bass, and I, saw, I was like, "Oh man, what, what, what are they about to do?" <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw the interaction between him and Buster, and like just the possibilities of bass. I can't recall ever hearing that. And I heard that that band a few times. Uh, um, and just hearing him and Buster, you know, and you know, like it was, it was, it was. It was a lot of bass, man. You know, and I, you know, I, I just learned how to uh, all of these things about like, like, like soloing and, 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 and uh, 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 just like kind of like that was like kind of my first seeing like 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 somebody play actually actually play a solo while a, while while a bass player was supporting them, and then like like how Ron would just sit on a note or or, or like like you know he 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 didn't feel the need to like like play. Like like a like a bass solo, you know. He was like playing like a trumpet, you know. He was playing like he was sitting on top of the rhythm section, you know. So I really learned, uh, you know, about like like the ability to do that, even you know, even with you know there there wasn't another bass there, and just how to sit there. And then I just heard like like him and Buster just like how they did all them triplets, shepherd da da pa 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 you know, like all the all the all the triplets and all that kind of stuff. That was that was that was an amazing one for me. Um, uh, another concert thing that I was just inspired by, it was kind of for the music, but it was like a day that that, that happened. Uh, my father came home one day and he had tickets to Chicago, uh, for tickets to uh, the band, for the band Chicago. And like, I, I wasn't super into them, you know, uh, but we went and saw the concert and it was like really amazing. He, got, he had like, he got third row center, you know, and, uh, uh, and they played and it was just like a great, concert and then after the concert I, I was I remember I was like 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 maybe 11 years old mm-hmm. we went to this uh, uh, club in Detroit called the Rooster Tail and it's like right on the water and it's kind of like a um, you know a place they have like a little kind of club club setting there uh, but you know like people do their weddings there it's like like kind of one of those places but they have like a little club setting so we went to the club setting and there was like a trio there Charles Green trio was playing and that's kind of the first time I ever played in public. I, 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 my parents told the bass player, his name is Don Mayberry, really great bass player here from Detroit. And he, uh, um, you know, my parents said, you know, it's our son, he plays bass. And he, he knew my parents, because they, they had been going there, you know, like, like they had you know, been going there, going there a couple of times and they dug it. And, and as soon as, as, soon as uh, you know, they said, I play bass, you know, he picked up the bass and handed it to, you know, Wow. And it was like a piano bar, you know, everybody was like around the piano. He just got me, handed me the bass. And that's the first time I ever played in public, you know. And, wow. uh, yeah, I just remember that. And we and then we would go, you know, like maybe once or twice a month, we would go back to the Rooster Tail when they were playing. And, and he would always let me sit in. And, you know, that was kind of like the start of my, like, like kind of playing and like love, you know, loving to play. It was just a hobby, you know. So like, like that, that concert, like kind of led to, to that situation. And then I would say like, uh, my very first concert was James Brown 
uh, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. It could have been Bootsy on Bass, I don't remember. I was, wow. I was too young. And my second concert was uh, the Jackson 5 at the Olympia in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I was seven years old and uh, I was with, uh, I'm an only child, and I was with my older cousins, uh, uh, two, two, my two male older cousins, they were like, a, you know, like three or four years older than me and I had a younger cousin. That, that um, after that concert, that Christmas, we were, we were like so crazy for the Jackson 5. It was just bananas. Mm-hmm. So we, and they, they had like a, a cartoon and I, I would stay over there, I would stay over at my cousin's house and, and, and we would get up and watch the cartoon. And then we would get up and like, you know, make some fake guitars out of something in the house and we would do all the routines. And, and, yeah. and our, our parents saw us doing it. They saw, uh, you know, that we loved it. And, and they uh, um, got us all guitars for Christmas that year. So like all my cousins got, you know, got wow. uh, two older cousins and my one younger cousin and myself, we got guitars. And they kind of just, you know, didn't take it seriously. But I did, you know, my parents, you know, got me lessons. And, and my first teacher, uh, my first guitar teacher was Earl Clue, who was here in Detroit. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but like he, he was like kind of one of the, 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 the person that, that when you hear acoustic guitar, like in smooth jazz, it's like kind of, that was kind of his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And he played like acoustic guitar, like in the, you know, 70s. You can check out some of his Blue Note records that are amazing, you know. But anyway, he's like my first teacher. I took a couple lessons with him, and and uh, and then he went out on the road with Chick Corea. And uh, uh, what's his name again? Anyway, can you say the name again? Earl Clue. Earl. Yeah, and how do you spell Clue? Clue. Uh, K L U G H. Oh yeah, then I've read the name. I don't. I mean, maybe yeah. I've heard him on something. Yeah. Well, he did some great records with with Bob James and and, 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 and like you've heard you definitely I'm sure you've heard his music and like mm. it was before it was like before you know smooth jazz got corny you know he had like he had some great records you know and uh, but I mean he pretty much just told me what the strings were and how to tune the guitar I mean it was just rudimentary what I was doing with him but like I got I got a guitar and I got into it and, and um, after a while I. Uh, you know, I broke the first, I broke the top two strings and I started picking out bass lines, bass lines yeah. on the guitar. So that's kind of how I started. But like that, that, that Jackson 5 concert was like one of the things that led me down that road, you know, like, like, like to, to, to actually wanting to play music and like, like seeing myself, you know, fantasizing about playing music and, and, and that. And, and, uh, um, but around Detroit, man, I, I um, it was, I remember like like the time kind of before DJs took over and DJs were, were a thing, but I remember like my father was really cool. Uh, uh, he could uh, he could get me into any club almost, you know, and, and he could just say, what do you, do you guys serve food? You know, and if they serve food, he said, well, technically this is a restaurant. So my, you know, my son can come, you know, <laughs> he would sneak me into, you know, he would get me into, into, into places and, and, there were all these places around Detroit that had uh, uh, live music, you know, just live music everywhere. It's like, the, and it would be like all the, you know, I didn't know that then, but it would be like all the cats that were playing on these Motown records. And it would be, you know, like, like all these great musicians. And, um, and we heard like, like great music all the time, you know, just, just, just like weekly, you know, uh, just, just great live music in Detroit. And, and, uh, uh, 
that's like such a huge influence on me, you know, maybe more than just like seeing a specific person. Uh, and then, okay, <laughs> before I say that, the biggest one of all times is when I was uh, probably six or seven years old and, and, and uh, um, in our neighborhood where, where we lived in Detroit, there was like uh, two uh, cool club. One was like more kind of local. It was called Dummy George's, and it was kind of chitlin circuity, and and like a lot of local local people played there. And the other one was Baker's Keyboard Lounge, which was where all all the uh, outside people, you know, uh, you know, out of town people would come in. And uh, and I remember when I was seven or eight, I saw the uh, it was Father's Day, uh, uh, and my mom and I took, you know, even though he paid for everything, we took him to see a uh, uh, modern jazz quartet. Oh wow. And, a Baker's Keyboard Lounge, mm-hmm. and I sat right in front of Percy Keith, and I was just mesmerized, man. Mm-hmm. He was so cool, and I just saw his bass, his uh, 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 Magini bass. It's, it's like an old Italian bass from the 1600s. The, he only had one bass, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, that was the bass he always, and it was just amazing. It sounded so good, and I just was just transfixed on him. And after the set, he came down to our table and he said, hey, young man, you know, I'm so glad to see your parents brought you out. And he was like, cool. You know, my father brought him a drink. He sat down and he just talked to me. He said, yeah, oh, this, wow. place is, this place is over 300 years old, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And he just was like, so cool. And just like, and that's kind of the thing that made me play the bass. I, I, I would say that was like the, the moment where I, I, I wow. Decided to play the bass was was was, was then, and then years later, uh, I was I was playing at, at the Nice Jazz Festival, and uh, um, I was just you know it's outdoors, so I was just going around checking out all the, all, the, all the different bands, and I saw Ray Brown, and I said, "Hey Ray, how you doing, man?" This is after I had a lesson with him, everything, and you know, he, we you know we hugged and we, we were talking, and it, and I said, "Man, I didn't see your name on the schedule. Who are you playing with?" He said. Um, I'm not playing with anybody, man. I'm just uh, uh, tour managing for the Modern Jazz Quartet. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he was like, cool, man. I was like, oh, man. So I was like, man, Percy, that's my man. That's the reason why I played with him. He said, oh, man, you want to talk to Percy? He took, and he took me back and we talked. And, oh, and then Percy wow. played the same bass that, you know, that I had seen him play. And, and, and But before that, Ray was like packing up Percy's bass. He like picked it up and he was picking it, you know, he was doing all the, he was packing up the drums and he was like doing all this, you know. Incredible. But, uh, I did, what I didn't know was, he, at, you know, at that time he was also Quincy Jones's manager and he was, he was managing. And I think he had some, some physical issues with his back, you know, where he, he wasn't playing, but like for a long time, he was Quincy Jones's manager, and he was, you know, he was tour managing for a uh, uh, minor jazz quartet, and and and, and uh, uh, but it, it, I'm, I'm, I know I'm rambling, man. But uh, uh, this is the, yeah, what the yeah, podcast yeah. is about, you know. It's about rambling. So, yeah, on, man. <laughs> yeah but that's that's that. But that that you know, I had to I had to actually find that concert that meant that thing to me. But that that minor jazz quartet concert, probably in the in the mid early 70s, you know, like that was the one that like put me on my path. And I just remember like having Ray Brown connect me again to Percy. And I told Percy that story about, you know, and, and, and you know, it was just like really, 
really nice, you know, and, and, uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's probably the one that modern jazz quartet yeah. concert at, at the, uh, Baker's keyboard lounge. Do you have a favorite record that you often go back to with Percy? With Percy? Um, well, the one that I go back to is, is a blue haze by Miles Davis. Because mm -hmm. I make all my students learn that baseline. Mm -hmm. So, uh, That's probably the one I go back to the most, but um, there's a great record that I heard uh, about three weeks ago with the Modern Jazz Quartet with Sonny Rollins. Yes, yeah. And, oh, man. Percy Heath is murdering that record, man. He's playing mm -hmm. all these... I mean, he's walking, but he's playing all these slick rhythms and, 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 and you know, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's such a beast, man. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's so great. Uh, just a, a little side question. Um, when you were touring with Branford and Winton, did you ever play opposite Miles or did you uh, have any kind of interaction with him? Yeah, with Winton. <laughs> with Winton. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, before I was playing with, well, after I played with Winton, uh, and before I played with Branford, I played with, uh, I did a tour with uh, this trumpet player from New Orleans, Marlon Jordan, where we opened for Miles. That, that's, that was, uh, 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 yeah, it was with uh, 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 Billy Childs and uh, Gene Jackson and uh, mm. Kent Jordan. Yeah, so we actually, that, that was my one thing with Miles. And then um, Uh, my very first gig with Bradford, we played at the bottom line. Uh, um, that was the very first gig we ever did as a quartet. Uh, Miles was there. Miles, it was like some, some kind of thing for Columbia Records. And, and, and Miles and Bill Cosby were sitting together, you know. And, 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 uh, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Miles came back and, 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 and he was really nice. He was really super nice to me, man. And I was just like a fucking idiot, man. I was just like, so, I was like, 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 like a, like a teenage girl at a Britney Spears concert. I was yeah. just like, ah! you know? but he was just like, you know, he was asking me like, like about what I played and, and like, man, when you was doing this, what was you doing on that last tune? He was like, asking, he was like, it still wow. baffles me. I, I, I was just like such in the twilight zone, you know, like, like when he was, and he gave me like a really nice compliment. And, um, and Wallace Roney told me later that, 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 uh, um, he, he, he like, uh, he dug me. He you know, he, he heard me playing it and, uh, he said, man, he got, he sounded like Paul Chambers. Yeah. And then, uh, Wallace, Wallace told him, he said, well, that's his homie. He's from Detroit, man. He's like, blah, blah. He's yeah. like, oh. And Wallace just told me this story, you know, like years ago. And then, uh, 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 and then he came backstage and, and, and he was like really nice to me, man. And that was beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a beautiful thing. And, and, uh, and then we also with Brent, with Winton, uh, we each gave Winton a hundred dollars if he would go sit in with Miles, which he did. And that's kind of, <laughs> you know, that, that we were playing the next night in Vancouver, but, uh, When, when he got up and sat in with Miles. Uh, yeah. Miles It's in the book. Said, yeah. <laughs> said, get the fuck off the stage, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. 
oh we uh, i'm sorry robert we we didn't really talk about tony and your relationship with him and how it was to play with him can we still do that i don't want to take up too much of your time but i can i can always keep going you know so okay yeah, you okay, tell well, me I'll when tell to my, stop you know okay i'll tell you my my, my quick tony my, my this my tony williams story uh, uh well when we first met we we did this record with um with Bradford, our uh, Renaissance with uh, Kenny Kirkland and uh, uh, that record, and uh, and he was he was not he was nice to me. He was kind of standoffish, and I remember my my first memory of me, you know, my first memory of like being around him was him just smoking a cigar anywhere, and then he would he I remember he had this big cigar, and he had that's right when the. Uh, uh, The, the the big Sony headphones came out and he had like this this and and the uh, uh, the DVD Walkmans mm -hmm. you know so he had like this DVD Walkman he had two DVDs one was a uh, 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 cameo word up and then the other one was Janet Jackson Control so he would just be listening to those two CDs and he would just tune out and he would just he would light a cigar and put the headphones on and just And he was sitting in the corner and, and you could hear like, like, like Janet Jackson, Kitro, you know, you could hear yeah. Janet Jackson. And, and I was like, this is Tony Williams yeah. listening to Janet Jackson, you know, that was so great. And then, then uh, 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 Cameo, uh, 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 Word Up, Everybody, you know, he was listening to that and I was just like, that was crazy to me. Mm -hmm. uh, And then uh, um, uh, a few years after that, uh, uh, he asked me, asked me to join his band, and and, uh, um, and I did, and kind of kind of through Margo Miller's, you know, uh, help, helped out with, with me getting in, in, in that situation. But the, the the story, once I got in the band, I remember we did we did a, a, a kind of a three week tour in the states, and then. Uh, nothing for a while and then then uh we did this uh six week tour of uh in uh europe so we got in europe and, and uh we started we would start kind of playing regular you know like you know every day or every other day and and uh you know so, uh, about about a week into the tour I, i came to tony and i said man tony what what do you, what do you, you know is everything cool you, you, you know is, is there some stuff i need to work on and, and, and he said no man you know uh it's good man music is great but uh I just need you to play a little more on top of the beat. You know, you could just kind of do that. You know, said, oh, okay. You know. So the next gig, you know, I, I kind of tried to do that, and I, I was, I was, I was doing it. And uh, I asked him again, you know, like like maybe a week later, I was like, you know, how's 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 it going? Is is it cool, Tony? You know, blah, blah. he said, yeah, man, it's good, man. I just you know, try to just play more on top of the beat. You know, like, <laughs> so I asked him a couple more times, you know, and then. Finally, we, I remember we were in Hamburg, Germany at, at uh, um, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Berlin, Germany at the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the club there. But, uh, 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 and I remember it was like, uh, it was like a really tight stage and, and they had to open the window in back of the stage and I had to put my amp in, in the windowsill, you know, because it was so tight, you know. So, uh, 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 and I remember I got really sick because it was cold, but uh, uh That night, that, that day before that, I'd asked him again. I said, you know, Tony, you said, you know, man, just play more on top of the beat. So I was like, man, I was kind of mad, you know. Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing a good job, you know. And I was like, man, fuck it. I'm just going to rush, 
And then I, you know, and I, and I got on the, and I was just like, had an attitude and I was like, uh, you know, I'm just like, like, I'm, I'm just going to beat him to the punch every single time, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you know, just, I, I felt like I was being disrespectful. I was like, I was like angry and I was like, kind of like, man, you know, fuck you, Tony, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, really on top of the beat and really, you know, and then we, you know, we came out to the stage and, and, uh, and then he tapped me on the shoulder and he gave me the biggest hug and he was like, ah, that was it. <laughs> Wow! Was, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And like we were just like so, we were cool after that. You know, we were like, you know, he was, we were like really friends. You know, like after I after I did that, and I just kept doing it. It felt terrible to me to do, you know, but like he loved it, and he like he liked he liked the he played really on top of the beat, but he liked the bass to be even more on top of the beat than he was, you know, and like that was hard for me to get used to. But once I got used to it, then I learned, I learned how to, now I can boss around any drummer. You know, I mean, I, I like, I like, I mean, I know how to like, like, like really do that. And I, and I, and then it made me hear Ray Brown in a different light. It made me hear Ron Carter in a different light. You know, it made me hear all these, all these bass players, like how they, why they sound so good. They have, all those bass players have great sounds, you know, Ron and, Ray, they have great sounds, but the reason why you can hear their sounds is because they're a little bit in front of where the drums are. Ah. You know, if they were right with the drums, you couldn't hear their sound as much, but like because they're a little bit in front, you could really hear the beauty in their sound and, and their attack and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, that, that made me realize, you know, uh, and then I heard stories about Ray Brown, you know, because he really plays, on, you know, he plays on top. Uh, but he was, he was saying, you know, like if you hit this, if you hit a rise symbol and you hit and you play a low E, everyone's going to hit a rise symbol first, you know. So so you have to, in order to be heard, you have to be in front of that, you know. You know you you know what I mean. Your your attack has to be in front of it because the waveforms of the bass are so big, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so slow, you know, that you have to really anticipate all of that stuff. So so like that's that's one thing that Tony really put on my mind, and when I when I was like. When I thought I was being like, I thought I was dissing him and being mad disrespectful. He loved it, you know. He was like, "Oh, that's it. That's what." <laughs> and, and yeah, I learned so much from that, you know. So that was that was, and, I, and ever since then, man, we, we we were like so so cool, you know. We were mm. like so. Wow, did you ever tell your stories about um, playing with Miles in the sixties? Yeah. Yeah. He talked about, uh, uh, um, you know, a lot, lot, I mean, I asked him, uh, um, there was this one morning where, where, uh, uh, it was the kind of the first time it was, it was in Germany. It was the first time I, I, I asked him, uh, about, you know, like how I can, you know, do the gig better and get, get better. And, and, and then, uh, it was like 5am and I remember we were really early and the rest of the band was kind of lagging behind. And, uh, um, And then I started asking him about bass players, and I started asking him questions about you know different cats, and and uh, and I every every person every bass player I brought up, he hated. <laughs> and I was like, I was I was like a, a you know a, a Richard Davis. Um, no, no so, so I said I said Ray Brown. He said Ray Brown. Man, I like Ray Brown, but you know I mean he's a great bass player. 
But he's always like, I am Ray Brown, and I play. <laughs> and, and, and then I uh, asked about a couple other people, and, you know, of course, Ron. He's like, you know, Ron. He loved Ron. Uh, uh, and then I asked him about Richard Davis. I said, what about Richard Davis? He's like, ah, ugh. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, man, what about uh, what about that Eric Duffy record, Out to Lunch? Man, y'all sound so amazing on that. And he was like, well, that one was good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I, and every bass, but he hated every bass player. That was so funny to hear him. Wow. You know, I asked him about uh, uh, Jocko, you know, because I know they did, he, he and uh, they had the, the, the Band of Doom or something. Uh, with Trio of Jocko, Doom. Trio of Doom with a... Uh, yeah. uh, uh, McLaughlin. Uh, yeah, McLaughlin. And he was like, well, and I don't want to talk about Jocko that like that, but he was, you know, essentially they rehearsed a lot and they got it together. And when they got on a gig, Jocko just did whatever yeah. he wanted to do. So, yeah. so yeah, it was like, like kind of dark on Jocko for that, you know. Um, but yeah, he was, he, man, he's, he's, I felt so cool, like like once I got cool with him, because he could just like be so hard on everybody. He was he was he was a tough 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 guy, man. You know, uh, with like other promoters and blah blah blah. You know, if you were outside of his circle, but like I felt good once I got in his circle, and and, uh, and I remember the last time I saw him. Uh, um, uh, Unfortunately, like like in his, in his band, we were coming. I, I left his band to join Bramper's band, which is kind of like a really tough decision. And, and, and like you know, we kind of he was he understood you know because he wasn't really working that much at that time. He started working more, but um, I remember the last time I saw him, I knew he was really into uh, gardening. So my wife got a, got a, him the, this whole gardening kit with the with like the, the knee pads and the and the little shovels and all that stuff. So yeah, the very last time I saw him was in in San Francisco, and and, and we I get you know we gave him we gave him the gardening stuff, and he was like all excited. He was like you know so mm-hmm. so yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today it was today that I heard the the this record that you guys did together. Um, for the first time, I mean the the Tony album, the Native, was it Native Heart? Native Heart, yeah. Yeah, and where in the timeline of what you just told me it, was that? That was at the end because I remember uh, Ira Coleman was coming in the band, and I remember on that record, Ira got all the good tunes to play, <laughs> <laughs> and I got like all, all, the, all the weird, you know, ostinato bass lines and stuff. So. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's that's one of the things like in my career. Uh, I, I can't say it's a regret, but like it's one of those things that 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 I'm, I'm really torn that I didn't get a chance to continue to play with him. And you know, and since then, you know, we've lost um, Mulgrew Miller and Wallace Roney that were yeah. in that band. Yeah, and, and like that was that was just like such a a, a great period for me. Um, cause it was kind of after, after I left Winton's band and I, I played with, uh, uh, Terrence, Terrence Blanchard and, and Donald Harrison for, a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, almost a year, you know, a few months, maybe a, close to a year. And then, um, then I got that gig with Tony and it was just like, 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 uh, like a rocket ship, man. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was, 
And I think before that, I, I also had played with mostly like my peers or, or musicians close to my own age, you know, uh, um, except for like, like early with Marcus Belgrave and like, like, like early, but when I, you know, like, like when I, once I started playing with Winton, I started playing with like mostly young guys, you know, and Tony was like kind of the first, you know, older, older musician that I, whose band I actually worked in like that. You know? And uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was a, a great time. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah, he had, he had great stories about Miles and that group. I mean, a lot of them I can't tell you, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't say in public, but, but like, yeah, you know, uh, 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 um, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was super cool. And, and I think, uh, uh, I got even more out of that situation because, uh, Wallace Ronnie was such a student of, of Miles Davis in that band. He like knew everything about Tony and he was, he was like always asking Tony questions and I would just be like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, in, 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 in the, in the, on the train next to him, just like listening, you know, and, and, and uh, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was a, that was a great time. You know? Mm-hmm. What else you got, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's getting kind of late here at at my end. I'm I'm a father uh, of two, you know. So um, oh wow, it's getting kind of late, and then sometimes I lose, uh, you know, I I just lose myself in whatever you say, you know, and I enjoy what you say, and I forget that I'm. Uh, doing an interview and i really don't think about this as an interview you know what i mean uh me either man you're very very good at this i appreciate it it's it's just i get this chance to talk to you i've listened i've been listening to you for such such a long time i just i just uh you know these moments even it happens sometimes when you uh when you play it's like oh it's just so beautiful oh shit, i'm supposed to play <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. I mean, what are you working on right now? Um, I, like I said, I had a duo record coming out with the, with the, the PNSC and Finkelstein from my band and, and a, a, another, uh, I, have, I have my group, uh, Black Current Jam, that uh, we have another record uh, coming out. Uh, I just have to finish it probably sometime next year. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I'm playing at the Village Vanguard next week with Robbie Coltrane. In, uh, oh, great. Who else? Who else um, is in the band? Uh, Mark Whitfield, Jr. on drums, and uh, uh, Luis Perdomo on uh, piano. Oh, cool. And, uh, uh, and Jonathan, I, I messed up his last name, Finn. Finn, Finn, Finn Lason? Finn Lason. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So Quintet. How's it for uh, you yeah, to play in that room? You have many memories, uh, I suppose. I love that room, man. It's it's like a uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's so classic. The best sound of best sounding room anywhere, you know. Best sounding room anywhere. It's just uh, yeah, you know they could they could they could they could they could do a, a refurbishing, you know, or, or you know give give a little uh, dressing room for the band, yeah. but that's. <laughs> But, you know, they always say, well, it's, it's good enough for John Coltrane and it's good enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about But, Marcus uh, yeah. Belgrave? Um, he he seems to be like a mentor and an important figure for so many people. And he played in your bands, but he was in, 
your bands he was kind of the elder also right in oh, on, yeah. on, on the record so I'm, i'm curious about your relationship to him and what you could learn from him yeah he sees he's uh he put everything in motion you know for me you know uh, um and i i get you know He came to my high school when I was like um, in the ninth or tenth grade, you know, maybe like like thirteen or fourteen, and and and, uh, and, uh, and he heard me, and, and he asked, you know, he asked my parents if I could start doing gigs, and 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 uh, yeah, you know, that that happened, and then um, you know, through him, I met uh, 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 you know Jerry Allen and Kenny Garrett, and you know, I used to. Uh, All these great, you know, musicians that that played in his band, and it's it's just, uh, yeah, he's just a, was a fixture here in in in, De in Detroit, and and and. Uh, What were and his um, qualities as a as a person or as a as a mentor? Yeah, he's he's like he actually like like um, I I I, I kind of still aspire to like like really seek out like 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 keeping the music live you know uh, you know i mean he he was like a soldier for the music i mean he, he was you know i don't really feel like that i still like i feel like i'm just working on myself and blah 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 and, I, and i'm teaching and i'm doing all these things that are in that direction but like he was just such a soldier for 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 the music and and, and uh um and just cultivated so many careers i mean A, a whole bunch that you've probably heard, you know, between James Carter, Regina Carter, you know, uh, uh, Kenny Garrett and Jerry and all these people, you know, uh, uh, but all these other people that just, you know, are, are like kind of still around here that are amazing, you know, and and and, uh, uh, um, and just like his support for the scene is is is, you know, like like that's that's on, that's on some like you know real Martin Luther King type stuff, you know, like 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 real, you know. That, that, that in addition to, to, to him being such an amazing musician for him to like cultivate all of that and just just create gigs out of nothing you know and, I, and I've seen him I mean I've seen him like pull over you know we, we'd be driving driving to a gig or something you know uh, uh, in his in his in his old green van and he would pull over he said wait man that place looks like they could have some music and he would just like stop and he would just go pull it and talk to the owner he said You know, we could we could we could work something out for the you know Friday, you know. And I just saw him just cultivate gigs that 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 um, in addition to playing like the, the the jazz clubs and different stuff, he would just like, you know, he could find a gig anywhere and just like 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 wow. like bring music to the people. And uh, uh, yeah, his his ability to do that um, was was amazing and. and uh, I also remember, like, like you know, when I was 15, and there was the Charlie Parker tune, uh, uh, Quasimodo, that's based on uh, Embraceable You. Uh, I didn't know that at all, and I remember him coming and snatching the bass out of my hand and playing playing the bass, and I had to just stand there on stage while he, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, I remember, like, saying, I never want this to happen again, so I'm like, <laughs> I got to get my shit together, you know, so, so... You know, and and, uh, and the same thing with Jerry Allen, and the same thing with uh, uh, you know some other other musicians. He you know he he played well enough on, on on most instruments where he could just like show you what to do. You know, and I remember 
I remember when I didn't know that tune, I was stepping all over that tune, and and, and he came to the bass. He said, man, let me play. I said, what? He said, let me play. And he, and he played it. And, and it was, uh, and I didn't know that he had, you know, he had played bass in the Army. You know, he had like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was playing trumpet in the Army, and, and, and uh, but t- t- there was like a really good lounge gig that that he could get if he play you know if he played bass. So he just said, "I'm gonna I'll play bass." And he didn't even know how to play bass. So he just he just learned on the gig, you know. So mm. uh, he's just an incredible person, and, and, and uh, uh, I think about him every day. I miss him every day, and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 always great to to to, to remember him and. and, mm-hmm. and uh, all the great work that he's done. So. He's he seemed to have such a great range of of you know being able to fit into so many different musical settings. Yeah, he did. He did like I mean, he played with Mingus. He he played. He did all the uh, um, played on a bunch of the Motown stuff. Yeah. You know, Don was and Parliament Funkadelic and like you know you know every every everything. So so so. Uh, yeah, yeah, he 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 could hang with anybody. Mm. Whenever I, I hear you, I'm I'm really, of course, drawn to many things. But there's the sound that just seems to be so, so big and so um, round and and so interesting. In what ways did you work on your sound? You know, I was. It's funny. I was just talking to uh, to. To Bradford uh, a couple of days ago about this. Um, uh, I think listening, listening to listening is is, is the biggest thing because your hands can only do what they do. But like I think you have to conceptualize the sound in your head and you have to hear it in your ears before you can get to it. You know. And I know <clears throat> when I um, there was a time when I uh, uh, after I left Winton's band. And I moved to New York, and I was I was I was I was playing with uh, I think I was playing with Terrence at the time, and I remember going to hear Winton's band at the uh, uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music, and Reginald Veal was playing bass, and uh, he was not using an amp, and I remember that's the first time I'd ever seen, like in this generation, like a, or by choice, you know, somebody not using an amp, so he, you know, like like. Uh, uh, I was playing with Terrence and Donald, and then I went with Tony's band, which I you can't not have an amp, you know. But then when I joined Bradford's band, you know, he was kind of let's 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 you know let's try this, this acoustic thing. So I started micing the amp, the mic and the bass, and and, uh, and I was trying to force like this sound that I didn't have yet, you know. And I remember I got uh, I got tendonitis and ah, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah, it was bad, you know. Uh, um, and I just started realizing you can only play this, the sound that's there, you know. And then, the, but the more you listen, the more you expand, the more you expand what you what you hear, you know. I think that's one of those things that you get from listening. And then, you know, in addition to that, I did you know long tones with the bow and and, and scales and like all the all the work and trying to trying to, you know, uh, play. And, and I I, I um, took some you know some really great lessons with Ron Carter. You know, that really put me, you know, that, that made me understand the physics of the bass and, and, uh, 
yeah, I kind of got that. I got that. I got that together. You know, after a while, uh, it's, you know, I still I like my sound a little more now. You know, but when I hear those records, you know, like with Winton and you know, it's that, I can't really listen to that. <laughs> mm. Um, it might be a little, I don't know, nostalgic or, or emotional thought, but you know, when I think about these these records like crazy people music and you you guys i want you guys to still be friends and still be together you know um i'm not really no i'm not really sure what i'm asking but um if you have such a close relationship with somebody and then you have this very very intense time and then sort of everybody does starts doing more other projects and maybe moving to other places What stays for you from from all of that? When you say you just talked to Brantford, maybe that it's already, you know, answering it. But um, I'm just curious because I'm not in your um, um, generation, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I start to get a sense of what time feels like. You know, I'm 36, so I, I've... I have some decades already that I've, I, I know how 10 years feel now. You know what I mean? And I know mm -hmm. what that does to relationships and relationships come and go, you know. I'm just curious about your take on it. Yeah, th things keep moving, you know. Uh, uh, and as, I, as, as I'm at, you know, this point in my life now, you know, I would love to, to connect with uh, all, you know, Winston and, and all of those people now, you know, it wasn't, wasn't like, like that important to me, you know, like, 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 you know, few years ago, but like, um, it is now, you know, and I know, uh, um, I've been, I've been trying to get a, a recording together with Branford and Jeff, you know, we're, we're gonna you know, probably do something next, next year. I was, oh, I was yeah. gonna do like, like a trio record, but, uh, it kind of, uh, got pushed back by the pandemic because I had it all set and ready to go, you know, you know, like, like right before the pandemic happened, you know, and then, uh, and we were going to do this trio record, but, and then it just, that, that didn't happen. So, so we're definitely going to do something next year, but I, I have uh, kind of augmented that, that situation with like, uh, you know, some other, other, another horn player, you know, uh, hopefully Joe Lovano can do it, mm. you know, Uh, uh, and then like, like some, uh, I've been like writing for string quartet. So like, like maybe that trio oh, wow. by a, a string quartet or, or something like that. You know, I got a couple pieces that I, that I you know, have, have done in that format. So, 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 um, yeah, you know, like, like, you know, Bradford's super busy until the end of the year. So we were trying to get, some, get a, get a, get a space in his studio. He's, he's, he's the biggest you know, because he's so busy, you know, so, so uh, yeah, we're just trying to get that together, and, and, and I definitely want to, want to do that, and, uh, uh, and, you know, I don't know what I would ever do with Winston again, but, you know, like, like, but I would love to do something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's kind of in his, in his own thing, you know, but, like, uh, I would love that, I would love that, mm -hmm. and I think, like, you know, It took me. It took me a long time to get to that because I mean, you know, Witten fired me. So, so like, I was like, 
you know, I was like, fuck him for a long time. So, <laughs> so but you know, like, I, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't feel that way anymore. You know, and I, I've grown from that and, 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 and uh, yeah, you know, so, so, uh, and when Bradford, you know, Bradford decided to, leave, you know, when we were doing the TV show, Bradford decided to leave. So, so, and I didn't want to leave, you know, I was, I was, I just, you know, had my daughter and, and, and you know, I was, I was, I was situated. So, so. He he ended up leaving and, and, and uh, you know he started you know, doing his own stuff with, with, with other stuff with, with his own bands and stuff and, and I did the same so mm-hmm. so uh, yeah we just been you know not in the same place for 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 too long so so uh, uh, but yeah you, yeah I mean we're all all of us are cool now so it's, 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 you know, we're looking forward to you know to doing stuff and. and uh, I, play, I still play with Tan all the time, so, so uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We just did some. We just played the um, DC Festival with Orrin Evans, and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know a few, a few other things. We played uh, the Blue Note with James Francis uh, mm-hmm. a couple times uh, a few weeks back. And, and, uh, yeah, so we are we are always playing. So uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's that's my that's my guys, and I. Um, I took on um, uh, Tuesday when I talked to Bradford, and that was actually the 41st anniversary that we met. Because wow. Winton's birthday was yesterday, and we met we met uh, um, we met the day before Winton's 21st birthday. That was that was when I auditioned for for the band. You know? So, so uh, uh, yeah, so we we you know that's that's some decades there. You yeah. Know? So, so wow thank you Robert thank you for doing this with me oh man thank you so much man I appreciate it